And ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. gets me going when I hear the uh, countdown by Eric the Tech right before airtime. The old five, four, three, two, and then the and then he gives me the finger. Not that finger, the the index finger, you know. Old school radio time. Right here. Folks, uh, go ahead and dim the lights. If you're listening to this via Global Star VTR, dim the lights. If you're driving, don't do that. Just listen. We, we've got a lot of information to, to give you tonight uh, uh, on this episode of the Hagman and the Hagman Report. Folks, we broadcast live each and every weeknight, Monday through Friday, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Global Star Radio Network, it's the place to be. I want to thank Todd and Global Star for all of the hard work that they do. BTR as well, Blog Talk Radio. Um, very, very good. What, what, a, what, a great, what a great service they provide. And, of course, live on YouTube. And, folks, subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's right. Just go to Hagman and Hagman.com or HagmanReport.com and, and their finer YouTube channel. Subscribe to it. But I, I just want to welcome everyone into the mix tonight. We've got a great show. Sandale in hour three. But, but in the run up to that, I've asked John Robertson to join me at the bottom of the hour to talk about certain things, um, we've been working on together. It's going to be an interesting, interesting show because um, a couple of things. Uh, I'm just going to start off with this. I talked to a, a gentleman today. He said, "You know, I had to stop listening to all radio and stop. I had to move away from my TV and I had to stop listening. Not to your show, not because your your show sucks or anything like that. Although, no, I, I'm kidding. No, he said I just had to get away from everything just for a while because." The dire nature of everything. You can only, you can only last so long at a high RPM rate, can't you? I mean, it, it, after a while, it gets it gets tiring. It wears you out mentally and physically, emotionally. We shouldn't live like that, really. That's not how we are supposed to live. Now, that doesn't mean turn everything off and, and forget about it and bury your head in the sand. No, we, we just have to put everything in perspective, and that's what tonight's all about is is putting things in perspective, the the understanding of what's going on out there. But let's not sound alarm bells. I mean, the sun will rise. I, God willing, of course, the sun will rise tomorrow for most of us. It's not a promise, but I mean, think about that. But um, and life will go on in, in spite of a Trump victory. Even oh my goodness, even for those people wearing the safety pins, life will go on. In other words, there will be another day that they will have to live, or that God has given them to live. Things are, are things are strained, obviously, but you can't live your your life in just this constant twisted emotional you can't be an emotional wreck or or immerse yourself in, in all of the news and become an emotional wreck because then then you hit this this mental brick wall where everything bounces off and you're just really a zombie 
So, perspective, that's what it's all about, among other things. But a very information-laden show tonight. Portions of the nice broadcast brought to you by Omaha Steaks. I don't know if you've done this yet, folks. Have you gone to omahasteaks.com? I would urge everyone to do that. Go to omahasteaks.com, and then the first thing you do in the search bar, put HH for Hagman and Hagman. Just put, and, and it'll come up. You'll see specials. The one special is 77% off. You can't beat that. I mean, it, you want to talk about holiday shopping. I have, again, I've never had a bad, Everyone who's, every time I've sent a gift from Omaha Steaks or rave reviews, omahasteaks.com, HH in the search bar, have at it. I'm going to thank everyone for listening and tuning in. I want to thank you for um, everything you've done for us and with us and uh, you know being with us. Now, Doing a triage on the news headlines, what's important? Of course, we've got the recount BS out there. And I say BS, and, and I don't mean to be crass, but I mean, is this going to change anything? No. 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 But that's not what it's meant to do. It's meant, and, and I've been saying this for so long, what's going on, what we're seeing with, with the recount is in the threatening of the electors and the pressure on the electors is uh, to cast doubt on the legitimacy of, of Trump's election or uh, Trump's victory. But it's in the wrong arena. We know that there are fraudulent votes out there that exist out there. They just don't exist where we're being pointed. It's not a problem, people voting for Trump illegally. No, the problem exists when you've got the illegals voting for, obviously, the Democrats and millions upon millions yes and i'm getting i've gotten so many emails i don't know if people think i don't really understand what's going on because well i I did i did a video about the electors about the situation a couple of i don't know when that was eric i don't know do you know when that was the video about the eric's shaking his head now he's i you know you expect me to (laughs) he's i yeah i don't follow you but i did a video about about the uh the recount in the electors. If you go to, if you go to our YouTube channel, you can watch it. It's, I think, eight minutes. But, but people, it's interesting because people don't, I don't know whether they, they, they think that I'm putting too much emphasis on this. It's not about the recount. It's not about the, the possibility of the electors just tanking everything. That's not what it's about. What it's about is the process. Remember the plans, the objectives, or I should say the objectives don't change. Now, the plans do based on what people can exploit and what people can um, take advantage of. Jill Stein is a, use, a useful idiot in the process. If you think Jill Stein, who is, has absolutely no uh, dog in this horse, no horse in this race, or dog in this horse, <laughs> no horse in this race, um, she's got nothing to gain by a recount for herself. So who, who is she acting on behalf of? Obviously, Hillary Clinton. If she, if you think for a moment that that uh, she's acting to uh, restore integrity to the, to the American elections because she's a, some big patriot, I, I think you're sadly mistaken. Um, some have said, well, this is a way to get rich or to enrich herself through financial contributions. Okay, well, that could be part of it. I don't think it's the entirety of it. Uh, she was needed as a third party pardon the pun, but as a third party, in order to be the conduit 
to cause a recount because Clinton herself couldn't do it or wouldn't do it. Um, that would look bad. So it, Joe Stein was, is the, is the conduit to the recount. And I understand a recount is not going to make a difference unless things go sideways and, and they could. It's not impossible. It's highly improbable. If things go sideways and, you know, could it, could it gum up the works? It's possible. And I'm, it really, there's no use in, in going through all of the mechanisms in my view, uh, of how what, what could possibly take it to that level because it, 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 you can read about it. You can do your own research for it. So that's, that's, but it's all about warring against American and Western values, which many people believe Trump, Trump represents. I happen to agree. Now I want to caution everyone too. I believe, this is me personally, I, I believe Trump is the best candidate between Clinton and, and the Republican side. Or you know, the man, the, the best guy running is Trump. And I believe that Trump represents more closely my values than obviously Hillary Clinton. Now, having said that, do I believe that Trump is going to save us? No, I don't think so. Because we must, everything to, to me, everything must come from us, from you and I. If we don't hold our leadership, our leaders accountable, then it's gone. Gone. Totally gone. Forget about it. If you want to sit on the sidelines watching TV, and, and not being engaged, then you know what? It, it doesn't matter. It's over for you. But if you want to engage, actively engage, and make sure that uh, Donald Trump is is being held to account for everything that he does, um, including but not limited to even prosecuting or cause... Not, see, that's another thing, too. I'll say, well, you know, Trump should prosecute Clinton. Okay, I understand Trump can't prosecute anything. The Justice Department prosecutes. The FBI doesn't even prosecute. The Justice Department prosecutes, but you can't prosecute if you don't have the basis for the you know don't have the material to prosecute. We're going to be getting into more of that tonight as well. PizzaGate and how how far back this goes and what it embraces. If you think for a moment that it's just about Pizzagate or about child sex trafficking, you're sorely mistaken because it goes even deeper than that. And at the epicenter or one of the... This is massive. The, the criminality here is massive. And it's not only massive, but it this has the capability of taking down governments or large partial portions of governments, not just in the United States. Okay. But getting back to Donald Trump, I don't believe for a moment that he's going to be the savior of of the country. It's going to be up to us, you and I. We have to fill fill sand in the gap and fill the void and get us back on the the right moral compass setting. Um can Trump go rogue, for example? Can he go fascist? Yeah, anyone could, right? I mean, 
Obama could have gone totally rogue and, and still can't. He's got he's got what forty some days, fifty days left. I mean, anything is possible, but is it probable? Of course. Uh, of course, I think that we have to look at what's reasonable and what's not. Now, let's re- let's visit a couple of news items here. ISIS comes to Ohio. Of course, Drudger is reporting that ISIS comes to Ohio. Look. Uh, I had that information, not not that it's about me, but in my four-minute video yesterday, I, I talked about the fact that um, it was verified to me through law enforcement, a law enforcement source, that that um, that the perpetrator of the attack yesterday in Ohio with the knife, the Somali immigrant who injured 11 people at Ohio State University, Abdul Razak Ali Artin, this 20-year-old guy, had correspondence with um, ISIS-related uh, material, or had cor- not correspondence, had ISIS-related material downloaded on his devices. Now, I don't know if that means a cell phone or phone, iPad or computer, but the, electronically. I had that yesterday, of course, came out today on Drudge. That was, but it, it doesn't take a, a really a, a much to understand that uh, there are uh, lone wolves here that are there that are being told to to activate are being activated. You're going to see more and more of this. You're going to and the video specific video from ISIS, the propaganda video, does talk about um, does speak to does speak to the Muslim men here in the United States and in the West, the Western countries. To take knives and, and to kill slash anybody from the alleys to the suburban neighborhoods. Don't think you're safe if you live in a nice suburban neighborhood. You're not, I mean, you're not in imminent danger. But, but just because you live in a, in a nice area of town that does not make you immune from this kind of, this kind of action. It, it, the risk, you're, you're less of a risk. But you're not immune. I mean, when you look at victimology, okay, or, uh, you know, the, the process of being a victim, uh, potential for being a victim, those people who live in gated communities, of course, are, are less, and don't go out and, 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 you know, are not living in, in, um, certain areas, you're less likely to be a, a victim of an attack. And, and it, it has a lot to do with behavior, it has a lot to do with, uh, geography, proximity, activities, and so on. But the risk assessment in this case is widespread because there will be lone wolf attacks. They will be on the rise because the ISIS propaganda video that I had seen, this was uh, from Europe, That was it was done in, in, in the UK and it was posted to numerous Islamic websites, um, Arabic websites, Islamic uh, language, or uh, Arabic language, Islamic terrorism websites. Yeah go out and uh, do exactly what this guy did in neighborhoods and back alleys and schools and wherever you can do it. So we're not not immune. And, you know, I I noticed too that, and if I don't say this, people are going to say, well, you're just not being honest. I understand that the United States and the West were responsible for the creation of ISIS, specifically the policies of Clinton and Obama had, has refined what they did was they refined Al Qaeda 
into ISIS. They allowed this. Um, they allowed this. Not just allowed it, but actually facilitated the formation of the Islamic State and and the uh, laid laid the, the foundation for the Caliphate to to be created. Russia, on the other hand, has been fighting it, and uh, they're, of course, in, in the epicenter of the fight is in Syria, as I've written about before, and of course we have funded ISIS. And ISIS is is fighting the Russians in Syria, and we're so we're toe to toe almost with the Russians. We're, we're engaged in a proxy fight with the Russians. And Hillary Clinton, by coming in, if she would have won, would have exacerbated that conflict. So I, I laugh when I when I read things on, on on the internet or in newspapers, especially because I, I I get print newspapers, of course, you know the various newspapers. So when you read some of the things, well, Trump can get us, going to get us into World War Three. So some of the opinion columns, it just they blow my mind. It would be Hillary that would be the um, the culprit behind this. And of course, this transcends political parties. I found the picture, and I don't know if Eric, if you've got that photograph, if you can put it up on YouTube of John McCain in front of, in Benghazi, of all places, with Chris Stevens. Which is a good segue into the next part I'm going to tell you. Pizzagate is one part of a larger. Think of a, I'll think of a big puzzle, a jigsaw puzzle, a thousand piece jigsaw puzzle. And you've got various, uh, sections. If, If it's a landscape photograph of a landscape chopped up into a, a, Jigsaw puzzle. You, know, you got the mountain, you got the trees, you got the lake, you got the barn, you got the path and all that and sky. Well, Pizzagate would be like the mountain and uh, maybe part of the sky. The big puzzle is what is important. Pizzagate, the satanic ritual abuse, the child trafficking, is one aspect of the bigger puzzle. It's it's a part of a much larger operation. That does tie into Benghazi. It does tie into Libya. It does tie into Arab Spring. It ties into so many things. The Clinton Foundation is at the epicenter, even, of many of these initiatives. I had mentioned before, one important thing, a contact within one of the agencies, and that's all I'll say, had sent me a um, sent me a message. He said, "Look, I want you to I want you to pull up an article from September 29, nineteen ninety seven. It appeared in Insight on the News, written by Timothy Mayer. The title of which was Snap uh, Snaps. <laughs> I think I did that once before. Snoops." Sex and Videotape. Publication is Insight in the News. The volume is number 13, issue 36. The publication date is September 29th, 1997. 20 years ago. 9-29-97. Alright? That's when it was published by Timothy Mayer. And 
The subjects include the United States Federal Bureau of Investigation Investigations, investigations into the Democratic National Committee, summit meetings, political corruption, and here is what everyone needs to pay attention to, in my view, Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation, conferences, meetings, and seminars. Now, think of where we are today with Pizzagate. All of these people talking, oh my goodness, you know, oh, this is horrible, my goodness, look at what we're finding. And we have, in my view, some of the most talented citizen investigative journalists I've ever seen. They're either two steps ahead of me, or when I catch up to them, they, they go another step or two steps ahead. It's, and I've got some, I'm able, as a, as a licensed investigator, if I find something or someone I can use by virtue of my licensing and a valid, legitimate purpose, I've got proprietary databases I can use to get additional information. And I've done that. But the, the amazing thing, I'm watching the most amazing process with these citizen journalists, these people who, oh, they're crass. Oh, the language is bad. <laughs> These sentiment oftentimes, you know, in the open forums is like they want to hang all these people. I understand that. I do too. They just, I might think it, maybe not as the way they they say it, but uh, anyway. But they are some of the best, in my view, some of the best uh, researchers. I would would match their skill set with many investigators I know because they're tenacious. I'm not talking about people that uh, that had uh, done the Reddit forum. God bless you, folks. Maybe you didn't get 100% right, but God bless you because you are exposing this. And I'm talking about the people at 4chan. God bless you, every participant. And the participants who are posting, despite the blowback in forums, in political forums such as Free Republic, God bless you for your tenacity and posting in spite of the blowback in other uh, uh, survivalist boards such as uh, Time Bomb 2000. Many talented, a number of talented people there looking into these things. So the in total, the total number of people who are actually, man, just moving mountains. The, the biggest cooperative effort I've ever seen. You guys are doing a fantastic job. Better than the press ever could. You put Bob Woodward and Bernstein to shame. You guys are great. And even people... Even even listeners to this show who have emailed me saying, look at this. Yeah, man, I'll tell you. Wow, look at that. And, you know, okay, so we added added to the, to the board. Folks, I need a bigger board. Seriously, I've got a whiteboard. I need a bigger. Because, in fact, there is not, you would have to have an entire wall dedicated to, like, a flow chart of data. Using index cards and uh, twelve point font, you it would take it would take a really eight by ten wall to map this all out. And we do have a, a wall dedicated. We just we just broke this open. 
this past weekend dedicated to making a flow chart, but all of our research findings are being memorialized and documented and sent um, else off proper off premises. So we, everything that we develop, we have a kill switch for. Obviously, not that we need it. We're not trying to be, you know, I'm not trying to be a hyperbolic kind of guy, but it, just in the in the event. But but here, getting back to Snoop's sex and videotape, I just want to before the break, I want I want to call attention to this. The uh, Timothy Mayer wrote about this. He, he said it comes as no surprise the national security specialist, except in the magnitude of the operation, that the FBI and other U.S. intelligence agencies conducted a sweeping electronic espionage mission in the fall of 1993 during a summit meeting of the Asia Pacific Economic Cooperation, or APEC. That was a meeting in Seattle hosted by Bubba Clinton in 1993. You remember this? In the fall of 1993, Clinton hosted 15 countries, 15 Asia-Pacific nations, in Seattle. All right. Well, it may, he writes, it may come as no surprise to anyone who has been following the fundraising scandals that information from this covert national security operation, first reported by Insight, first reported by Insight last week, subsequently may have leaked to politicos at the White House. They, in turn, are suspected of passing such classified data to Democratic National Committee or DNC officials and outside attorneys working on behalf of the Democratic Party. Now, what the, what what this mayor is saying is this. There was a meeting in 1993 of 15 Asia-Pacific countries. We hosted it. Essentially, we bugged we bugged the, the, the premises. Every place that was able to be under electronic surveillance, we did it. The FBI did it. I'm, I'm cutting to the chase here. The findings? The findings? I'm going to tell you on the other side of the break. Because back in 1993, things that you see today were playing out in 93 under Clinton. And this explains a lot. Stay right where you're at. Hagman and Hagman report. Doug Hagman. Let me join by John Robertson, who's going to come on and assist me with the findings in the Pizza Gate uh, investigation, as well as other things here on the other side. But uh, I'm going to finish up the APEC findings on the other side. Stay right where you're at. Right from our radio and television studios here, but uh, lights down, information heavy, coming to you, uh, just information, nothing else, no hype. Want to thank everyone for uh, everyone for listening, everyone who has sent in a a, a letter. My wife just uh, actually, my daughter handed me a, a whole bunch of letters today. I was, I was reading them that we got in the mail and um, 
Thank you. Thank you for all of the suggestions, all of the, the nice things that you've said and written and, uh, the best wishes for, you know, I, I just want to thank because we got the best listening audience in the world. We really do bar none. And uh, uh, to keep with our listener protection program, I, that, I, that's kind of a tongue in cheek thing because we, we do have, uh, sponsors and of course one of the sponsors is Omaha Steaks. We offer nothing but the best in my view. And Omaha Steaks is just that. You know, I had uh, been struggling with with what to purchase or what to buy, what kind of gifts to buy certain people. Especially for someone who's got it all seemingly and with the holidays fast approaching and ordering gifts is just a man, how many guys you know what I'm talking about? And ladies you too. Well, you can take the pressure off of you this holiday season. You can get the perfect gift and avoid malls, lines, and crowns. Go to omahasteaks.com, and as soon as you do that, enter HH in the search bar. If you're looking for the perfect gift, let me tell you about that, what they have set up for us, and, and that's a special deal for the Hagman listeners for only forty nine ninety nine. You can get my family gift pack when you go to omahasteaks.com and enter the code HH in the search bar. It's a 77% off savings. Now, now think about this. The package was $215.90. We asked them to, to set something up, especially, especially for our listeners. They did. The head of Omaha Steaks, and he, he's on just a tremendous guy. He actually said, look, here's what we're going to do. We're going to create this family gift back. And, um, 77% savings. It's $49.99. It's under 50 bucks. And I've had so many compliments on this that I cannot tell you. So go to omahasteaks.com and enter HH into the search bar. And here's what you get um, for $50. Uh, you get two filet mignons, two top sirloins, two boneless pork chops, four boneless chicken breasts, four kielbasa sausages, four burgers, 12-ounce package of meatballs, all beef, four potatoes au gratin, four caramel apple tartlets, one Omaha Steaks seasoning packet, plus you get four additional kielbasa sausages free. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter HH in the search bar. Add the family gift pack to your cart and get a 77% savings. It's a gift guaranteed to be a hit. omahasteaks.com, HH in the search bar, plus they've got like over 500 gourmet gift ideas. You can't go wrong. Uh, omahasteaks.com, search bar, HH. Have at it. You'll thank me later. But back to what I was saying, and John's going to be joining us here shortly. Uh, I know he's uh, he's, in, he's on deck here, but uh, I want to finish with this because this is so important, folks. What we're seeing today is the revelation because of a series of events. You, you had Benghazi. You had uh, the, well, you had WikiLeaks, 10 years of WikiLeaks. They celebrated their 10th anniversary. And, and there's something about Julian Assange that's going on here. We'll get into that with John. But um, if you go back even further, when Clinton was the president, Bill Clinton, APEC in, in the Pacific Northwest meeting in Seattle, hosted by President Clinton, 1993, Summit meeting of the Asian, Asia Pacific Economic Co- uh, uh, Cooperation countries. The FBI, the intelligence agency, bugged every room. They had every member of that committee, that commission, that conference under physical and electronic surveillance. Would that surprise you? No, of course not. But writes Timothy Mayer. In insight on the news publication, 
May I remind you, again, Inside on the News is a publication. The date is September 29th, 1997. He writes about this. He writes about the, the bugging. But that's not the story. He writes this, but what does come as a surprise is an apparent failure by federal law enforcement and intelligence authorities to pursue allegations. Now listen to this, of kickbacks to the FBI agents involved in the sweeping intelligence operation and, now here's the money part, and separate allegations involving underage boys provided as prostitutes to visiting dignitaries attending the week-long conference of APEC, the 15 APEC nations. Let that sink in for a second. It, it, It didn't even create a blip back in 93 and certainly not in 97 when it was published. So you've got all of this surveillance being conducted, electronic surveillance, of these diplomats, these people from other countries, and even members of our own government in Seattle meeting for APEC in the fall of 93, 97, it comes out, look, we had you all bugged, everything was under surveillance. Now, you've got a failure by law enforcement, or perhaps this is not a failure, this is an intentional device by law enforcement to pursue, not to pursue, allegations of kickbacks to the FBI agents involved in the sweeping intelligence operation. In other words, the FBI agents got got money, kickbacks, and other favors. And also, there were separate allegations involving underage boys provided as prostitutes to, to visiting dignitaries and others during that conference. One of the reasons, or one reason for the alleged cover-up may be and that may be the only term appropriate, by the way. According to high officials in and out of government who claim direct and indirect knowledge of this particular bugging uh, operation, the APEC bugging, is that those said to have engaged in kickbacks, now this involved thousands of dollars, include FBI agents through suppliers with whom they worked to procure electronic audio and video surveillance equipment. All right. So you've got the kickbacks there. So you got, and when I when I was an operational asset with the FBI, believe it or not, some of my electronic surveillance equipment was better quality than theirs. Oh, they could get it from D.C. or from other areas, but in my area, mine was more advanced. So they would use mine. I didn't realize, of course, I could have charged them rent or whatever, but that's that's on me. So there, there was kickbacks involving this. Now, as for the allegations of juvenile prostitution, sources who spoke to Insight Magazine on the condition that they not be further identified said that the reason these crimes were not pursued is that a probe would have exposed the top-secret national security operation. In other words, in order to show what they had, would have they would have had to admit to the surveillance, and they didn't want to do that because that would have created this animus between countries. So you've got a bunch of juvenile victims, prey. I mean, they were, they were prey to these diplomats. And free Louis Free at the time, FBI director, wouldn't comment. You know, you know, all these people just took the, the White House declined comment. All of the agencies at the time, just uh, not, not going to say anything. 
Congress didn't do a damn thing about this. So the bottom line is we, the government of the United States was pimping out small, young, teenage boys to Asian diplomats knowingly, getting it on tape on equipment that was being used by federal agents who were who actually got kickbacks for purchasing the equipment from certain vendors. So you've got like two different, three different scandals here all wrapped up in one with APEC. But the bottom line is this was occurring back in 93, exposed in 97. But it gets worse because, and I'm not going to get go further down this road, but just to show you that this has been going on for this long, you see, Pizzagate involves members of members of, of royalty, members of other countries, members of Congress, both sides, both political sides, members of the White House. You've got to go back even further, go back to the Franklin cover-up. Many people poo-poo that. Oh, no, no. And then, then this overlaps into many of the items that Russ Dizdar talks about and has gotten into, and I know that he has got many, a lot of documentation. I, I'm, hopefully he's okay with me telling you this, but, I mean, he's well aware and has documentation from the uh, Franklin uh, uh, scandal back in Omaha, Nebraska, that, that's, that was rife within the Catholic Church. This is not an indictment of Catholicism. I'm just saying that that's where it's at. And, and, um, even today, this this but, but now today, you throw in the the um, satanic uh, the spirit cooking the satanic aspect of this, and you you've heard others other people talk about the, the satanism. This is all of the, the 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 bigger story here, and it gets worse and worse and worse every page you turn. It gets worse. It gets deeper and and more perverse. And, and yes, you know. Folks, Planned Parenthood is even tied into this in, in a peripheral, in a, in a tangential way, in my view. Because through, through abortion, many, many people who are proponents of killing the unborn are also involved in satanic activities and believe this to be a sacrifice to Lucifer, to Satan. As, twisted as this seems and then you get into the sale of body parts and even worse you get into hold on to yourself because this is to cannibalism and the belief that um, you know the stem cell research that's often talked about it, it doesn't have to be gross cannibalism so to speak although boy I guess that's kind of an oxymoron but um the search for youth, the search for everlasting life, you know, through um, consuming or being injected with uh, the blood uh, of, of young people or cells of young people. I mean, it, it gets so twisted, but all of this is tied together at some level. John from uh, John, John Robertson is a great friend, and I, and I asked him to come on, join me uh, tonight for for about an hour, just for some conversation. Uh, John's gonna. Come on right now and uh, kind of join in the conversation. John, how are you doing, brother? Well, Doug, thank you so much for having me on this evening. And I just want to uh, say greetings and, and God's blessings to all the Hagman listeners and uh, and just a special thank you 
for uh, hanging with us in what we need to explain and what we need to parse through in the uh, time that Doug, uh, you and I will spend together this evening. Folks, to borrow a quote from Greg Jackson, we are in a code blue moral crisis in this country right now. Yes, Donald Trump got elected and praise God for that. However, we are uncovering daily, almost hourly, uh, what in my humble opinion is the most horrific, most satanic, baby butchery, cannibalism, and pedophilia that frankly, Doug, makes a scandal, and I'm using finger quotes, like Watergate, seem quaint by comparison. However, folks, here is the problem. The mainstream media is ignoring this story. Remember, I joined you originally on the Hagman and Hagman report to talk about Hollywood. And the hardest thing, Doug, you may recall, our private conversations about this, the hardest thing that I brought to light uh, in the summer of 2015 was the awareness that I had that satanic child sacrifice does in fact occur in Hollywood. That is how many of you got to know me a little bit. It was a very difficult thing to discuss. Uh, we then proceeded, Flip Benham, myself, Pastor Langford, Coach, and Greg Jackson, in the later part of last year, we came out swinging against this Planned Parenthood uh, horror show and the, the brokerage of baby parts for research, or in this case, Doug, for consumption. So what we have the unfortunate task before us of doing this evening, brothers and sisters, is explaining to you, and Doug and I will do our level best, exactly what this Pizzagate thing is. And Doug, before I hand it back to you by way of introduction, I want to remind everybody listening this evening that this is not infotainment for your edification. This is not something to place in your head along with the Federal Reserve and chemtrails and even the militarization of police. Folks, this is the most serious topic that I have ever discussed with you around the Hagman kitchen table. I want to remind all of you, and I do so with love, but hear me, this is happening in real time. We are not discussing some foul history that occurred back in the 1960s, or Doug, as you mentioned, with the Franklin Savings and Loan scandal. And I would mention, folks, you want to check out John Coleman and his work to understand, as Doug was contextualizing prior to the break, exactly how deep this Luciferian uh, uh, victimization of our defenseless runs. So, Doug, I thought the thing to do uh, perhaps would be to just take a moment or two to sort of map out in a linear fashion for the Hagman listeners who are unaware exactly what this Pizzagate thing is. Does that sound appropriate? It it does, and I just want to add something to what you stated here. Um, the reason, one of the reasons this is important is because this ties in. When, when we talk about the Luciferian elite, it's a trite statement. It's a trite characterization. You know, it, it's almost, it rolls off the tongue like, oh, everyone knows what we're talking about. But one of the most important things that I have discovered or reaffirmed, I shouldn't say discovered, is the fact that the uh what we're seeing here is the verification that the people in power are worshiping a different god they're worshiping the god they're worshiping the devil they're worshiping satan um this is this is actual satanic stuff all right just so people understand this this is not cozy i mean this is not has not and it doesn't matter folks if you and i believe what they're doing it, it, it no 
it, it matters what they believe, and belief is their driver of their actions. So, yes, go ahead. Let's map this out. Because Oh, and one more thing. Uh, I, I do want to mention the, to the audience, John Robertson is part of the Hagman and Hagman team. And, I, and I, 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 I'm so thankful for him because what he has done, we've worked together, and he has spent hours upon hours of blood, sweat, and tears. Well, I'm not sure about the blood, although I think he might have slammed his hand in the car door <laughs> once, but um, recently, but um, accidentally. But the fact is this. He's lined up some fantastic citizen researchers to further expose um, what we're talking about. And, and he has done... So coming up in, in future programs in the not-too-distant future here, within the next week, uh, are people who are going to be talking about this in depth, and all of your, you know, all of the questions that you have will be answered to some extent. That we, John, has gotten people on the cutting edge. And I did, and lastly, and I'll shut up. Then, John, I, I want to say I spoke to uh, Brittany Pettibone today uh, by phone. And uh, folks, if you had, if you don't know who Brittany Pettibone is, she is she was on Alex Jones Infowars a couple of times. Uh follow her if you if you do have social networking and if you're on Twitter, follow her on Twitter, uh Brittany Pettibone, P E T T I B O N E. Uh her work in getting this out is just absolutely incredible. I mean, she's a, she's a she's younger than my daughter. Okay, uh, I I think she's about a year younger than my daughter, and she is on top of this like I've never seen anyone before. And I'm singing her praises because she deserves it. Um, and John has actually uh, we're gonna have Brittany Pettibone on uh, next week on the fifth. So, John, yeah, take it away. Uh, but I just want I, I just want to make sure people understood your role in this. Well, Doug, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. And just uh, by way of gratitude, it's uh, it's fantastic to join the, the Hagman team. And, and folks, just to give you a little inside baseball of how we operate, many of you may recall last week, Doug threw down, I mean, just a smashing 30-minute intro of an analysis and a breakdown of Pizzagate. Uh, you'll want to go back and hear that show in the archives. It's from last week. And while I heard Doug... Uh, sharing this with us in real time I pulled the car over uh, and began sending emails and began setting up phone calls and folks what happened over the next couple of days I was not prepared for however it's a good thing I wasn't because I would have been nervous and hesitant and certainly reticent to even get involved in this Uh, over the last six or seven days uh, brothers and sisters I have talked with London Peru and I don't even know how many states in this country, to find, vet, and schedule some of the most cutting-edge citizen investigators, many of whom are not believers. And I'm going to offer, by way of admonishment, toward the end of my time with you this evening, a call to action for what I would encourage every brother and sister in Christ to do upon learning this information. Quickly, uh, on the 5th, Monday the 5th, uh, Brittany and Nicole Pettibone will join us from California. On the 6th, William Ramsey, who's doing fantastic work uh, regarding this terrible, terrible topic, will join us on Tuesday the 6th, along with Stan Dale. And then on Wednesday the 7th, we will bring the senior editor of SGT Report, Sean, who is a friend of the show, uh, on board with Doug and Joe to speak uh, about this issue. And then, thank God, we'll have Hour 3 with Pastor Langford. Hopefully he can bring some, some biblical context to this topic. So next week, folks, is, is, a, is very, a very heavy analysis of what we're going to just give you the, 
broad strokes on this evening. And basically how it boils down is this. Many of you know that just before the election, a couple days before the election, WikiLeaks dumped a massive data dump. I think it's the biggest data dump uh, in whistleblower history. It was 630-something thousand emails. Many of these emails reach to the absolute upper echelons of the D.C. power structure, and no political party is exempt. It seems to be more prevalent in the DNC, but there are certainly Republicans complicit as well. What happened, folks, is this. Many citizen journalists, many citizen investigators from all over the world uh, came together on chats and on open forums such as uh, 4chan and Reddit, and they began to disseminate the information in this enormous data dump. And what they did was actually brilliant. They, uh, they divvied up the emails across many hundreds of investigators, those who were willing to spend some time examining this horror show, and they began to identify uh, trends in vocabulary in what I would call a criminal lexicon. And folks, it's important you understand this because Pizzagate is a misnomer to the nth degree. The reason they call it Pizzagate is because these pedophiles use food to describe victims, their gender, their age, their ethnicities and physical characteristics, as well as the criminal, heinous sex acts that they either have engaged in or would like to engage in. Now, the smoking gun here, folks, is not a handful of emails between a couple of nobodies. The smoking gun exists at the top of Hillary Clinton's campaign. Her campaign manager, John Podesta, is guilty. John Podesta's brother, Tony Podesta, is guilty. Uh, Marina Abramovic is guilty. Lady Gaga is guilty. Okay, and we don't know how far up the ladder this goes because new information, and Doug, I know that you're dealing with this as well, literally coming out by the hour. So, folks, what we've done, Doug and myself and, and the Hagman crew, is we have done some research so that we can inform you because we need you at this time. So you may want to grab a pen, color crayon, back of a bill, sales circular, whatever you've got. You're going to want to take some notes. Here's what's happened. <clears throat> We've already talked in previous episodes about the Luciferian power structure in Hollywood. And when you look at Hollywood and the impetus of Hollywood, and I've done shows about this, of course, and it kind of, you know, you, it, it, it makes sense. You don't have to do a major mental or spiritual leap to figure out, okay, Hollywood's run by the devil, let's move on. But what I'm telling you tonight, and what Doug is telling you tonight, is that the, the power structure of D.C. is not only as complicit as Hollywood, but they are in a disgustingly symbiotic relationship with Hollywood. It is, it is, a, it is a horror show dovetail, whereby A-list stars producers, executives, etc., are partying in Chicago, in D.C., in New York, and in Los Angeles with these Podesta people and their ilk. Now, where does Comet Pizza come in? Comet Pizza and Ping Pong is a small pizzeria in northwest Washington, D.C., on a street called Something Street, of all things, and it has been identified as the epicenter of this pedophilia ring. So what I want you folks to understand is that this has all come out incrementally, and, and the real uh, damning evidence thus far 
is this criminal jargon, pizza, hot dogs, extra cheese, and so on. And I'm not going to go into undue graphic detail, but I would encourage all of you who have your spiritual armor on to go and research these things so that you better understand the, the, the verbiage when we bring these guests on next week. As these citizen investigators began to culminate hundreds and hundreds of emails, thousands of tweets, what became evident was that in addition to spirit cooking, in addition to these sort of eyes wide shut, Luciferian, Aleister Crowley sex magic rituals, now we know these go on in Hollywood, we know they go on in Manhattan, but folks, they go on in D.C. as well. And Doug, I'm going to hand it back to you for a moment and take a breath, but I will leave the folks with this thought. If it is not the church who will rise as one single, very potent, very angry army and vanquish this, if, it, if, if the seed of Christ will not come together at this time and trample on the seed of the serpent as they in real time victimize the innocent, sacrifice the innocent, and over the past four days it has come to our attention that there is in fact cannibalistic activity. Folks, let me just put it to you bluntly, and Doug will hand it back to you. They are drugging kids with Oxycontin, they are having sex with them, they are killing them, cutting them up, and consuming the flesh, because, as it's pointed out in Aleister Crowley's Book of Law, Part of the sex magic, sex magic ritual is the sacrifice of the blood of the innocent priests or Christians, preferably young boys, and the consumption of flesh. And certainly we've seen that uh, just on Drudge Report in the last six or eight months. Yes, John, John hang on. Yes, we're against the, we're against the break here, but, but I don't think you can, I don't think it can be stated any more plainly. It is that critical and understand this is not, um, pleasant to talk about, but it's necessary to, for everyone to understand the scope of this. You're going to have a wide berth when we come back, John. Everyone stay right where you're at. Ladies and gentlemen, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Go to HagmanandHagman.com or HagmanReport.com. There, find a link to our YouTube channel. Subscribe, please. It elevates the visibility of our channel, and it provides us with a level of insulation against the censorship that's out there. Trust me when I tell you the censorship is it's, it's, it's active. So we need to all elevate one another, the truth tellers, the truth seekers. And I, when I was on my way into the studio first, uh, the office uh, early, early, early this morning with the lady of the studio dog, and she was wondering why I made her get up so early. You know, we were thinking, um, we have, or I was thinking, um, and she was uh, and t- talking, and she was listening, we have, I believe, a, 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 such a great team, a great team in in that we have assembled, Eric the Tech. You can follow him on Twitter. At Real Tech Eric, and of course, uh, you know uh, Joe and my daughter Jackie has come on board, and JD, and 
and uh, John, everyone who has blessed us with their with their talents and that you know and maybe you don't know. I mean Todd at Global Star and and others. They, but but the core group here, what we're trying to do is expose the darkness and and help others find the truth and and uh, you know it hit me too when I was talking with um with uh, uh Tom Horn uh all of this is not new this is this goes back to Genesis 6 this is the stuff Tom Horn writes about in action today this is the stuff T- Steve Quayle has talked about and wrote about in action today so all of this connects to this or the worship of the ancient god uh, god's small g and then of course ultimately to to satan worshiping satan and this is truly babylon working well pun intended here in the united states before we get back to the show i just want to mention that um well we have a, we have a sponsor it's called master preps have you heard about masterpreps.com Christmas is right around the corner and what a great place to get any last minute shopping done masterpreps.com we hand selected this company because they've got over 20,000 products and more are being added every day now these are not ordinary I mean these are not Walmart products no 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 these are the best I mean we are proud to talk about master preps, proud to offer to offer specials via master preps, the specials that they have constructed, especially for us, for Hagman and Hagman. Masterpreps.com has all of your outdoor camping, prepping, and survival needs. They got them all covered, from tents to backpacks to hunting scopes to, to prepping supplies, whether it be, I mean, you name it, they've got it. Top name brands too. Uh, masterpreps.com. If you need a few ideas for that hard person to shop for, go to masterpreps.com. 20,000 products and more are being added daily. They have anything and everything you need for your survival needs and it's all on sale and competitively priced. Get yourself, your loved ones, something great this holiday season or just be, be prepared. Get it on sale at masterpreps.com, masterpreps.com. All right, John, you know, what we're talking about here is enormous, isn't it? I mean, man, it is just, and you know, I I want to mention this. The magnitude, Doug, the magnitude is indescribable at this point. As this breaks, as this unfolds, as I said before break, this is going to make Watergate look quaint. Watergate is a pimple on the butt of this whole uh, criminality. You know, as I'm going through the Scientology in my yes. research, I believe it plays a big role. Um, anybody who's anybody in the corporate, in the high corporate, you know, the billionaires of the, of the biggest corporations are involved in this. Um, government, diplomats, ambassadors, uh, yeah, the Clintons, uh, of course, uh, even the White House people, many of the high, I mean, many of the 535 that occupy our, our halls of Congress are involved. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, John, you know, go ahead, bro. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to step on you, Doug. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say, you know, what more do you, I mean, you're doing so well in this linear layout here. I would, please continue with that. 
Well, I, I will, but with your permission, I want to take a minute or two and just talk about the listeners quickly, uh, because there's something on my heart, and, and this wasn't planned, but uh, I just feel a sort of an unction in my spirit right now. Folks, hear me. It's time to put it on the line, okay? I need those of you who have been with this program for a long time. You've been with this program since 2012, 2013. Go back in the Hagman archives, listen to Steve Quayle and Russ Dizdar on 12-12-2012, and make a note that that Hagman and Hagman Report broadcast was 24 hours prior to the Sandy Hook false flag that literally turned this nation in a police state direction unlike anything since 9-11. I would encourage you folks to go back in the Hagman Report archives and listen to Doc Marquis from early 2013. I apologize, I don't have the exact date in front of me. The reason Doc is important in this equation is because he will give you a, a primer, if you will, on the generational witchcraft present in this country folks the they call we call them the illuminati but that's kind of a it, that's almost like a colloquial cliche at this point they call themselves initiates they're witches and they're warlocks and they have this country divided and structured with a satanic architecture just like the military it's important you understand this so that you understand how on earth could a mother and a father a biological parents of, in some cases, an infant, hear me, folks, a baby, submit their young son or daughter to the disgusting, perverted, sexual whimsy and even abuse and, in some cases, even sacrifice. Let's call it what it is. It's butchery of their own child. How parents, grandparents, hear me, how, how could you ever do this? Of course you couldn't. This is what I need you folks to do. There are many, many thousands of people listening to us tonight, and there are many thousands more that join us in archives. I want you folks to think about a big football stadium. That's the number of people we're talking about. I need every single one of you to do three things. Number one, I need you to research this. Use your spiritual discernment. Let the scales fall from your eyes. If you haven't had a Damascus moment, it's time. Do your research. That's number one. A good place to start is review a young lady from London. Her name is Tara. She's going to be joining the show late this month or early in January. She goes by Reality Calls. Again, that's Reality Calls on YouTube. Watch a few of her videos. They are very succinct. They are very level emotionally, particularly given the subject matter, and they will get you up to speed on what this whole Pizzagate disaster is all about. Number one, I need you folks to do your research. Men, women, parents, grandparents, all of you, do your research. Number two, I need you to make others aware of this. There is a, a massive outcry, and folks, 95% of these people aren't even Christians. They're doing the work of exposing this this horror and they're not even under the blood of Christ and I've warned some of the people that are coming on the show who are not maybe necessarily as strong in their faith walk as they need to be hey you better watch it you're dealing in the devil's playground right now and when you dance with the devil the devil's going to dance with you number three folks I need you to go to your pastors go to your youth pastors go to your music minister go to the guy that sets up the chairs at church, make them aware of this. I respectfully demand that you create a firestorm from the pulpits because the mainstream media won't put the rubber on the road. They won't do their job. Doug, why won't they do their jobs? I'm going to tell you why. For the same reason 
that I got blacklisted out of Hollywood last September, and praise God, he's had me under his his blood and his care, and I wound up, you know, with, with the best job in the world. But but that's the point, folks. Is we need to stand now, and you may lose something. You may lose your job. You may lose a friend. You may lose a part of your income, or, or who knows what else. People may call you crazy, but you need to stand now. This is a Gideon moment now. I want a firestorm of revelation and of understanding emanating from the pulpits across this country. Because, Doug, as I said before we went out to break, and then I'll get off my rant, if, if the church doesn't rise and vanquish this seed of the serpent, then, Doug, let me ask you this. Who, who will? Exactly. And don't wait and don't expect the Trump administration incoming to get on this, okay, because it's too vast. Um, you know, it, it's just, it, it's, it, you're right. And everyone, and, and I believe this, I believe that, that this is that one issue, that one moment in time. This, this is for all of the marbles. This is what this is for. We, the, the, the people who have done the research on this, um, who have stumbled into it and, and, you know, offered this on various forums. And by the way, you know, the Reddit channel, they were censored saying, oh, we can't have this on that channel. And other, um, it's, it's, it's appeared elsewhere. But, but having said that, um, this is the, this is the fight. This is, this is the fight. John, I, I yes, mean, sir, it, it is. is. Yeah. Yep. This is it. You know, I had the the blessing, and it really was a God shot. I spent 45 minutes before I came on uh, the air tonight with you, Doug, uh, just uh, supplicating and going through Scripture and praying with our brother, Pastor Flip Benham. He was kind enough to take time out of his day. And God bless Flip. He, he understood a little bit about Pizzagate. But I had to bring him up to speed. And, Doug, I got to tell you, it pained me. I mean, I, I actually felt choked up telling a man that I know very well at this point. I mean, we've done who knows how many shows on the Hagman Report together. Just enunciating and articulating this this terrible thing that's befallen befall our land to just to flip to my, to my buddy. It was so hard to do. And I could tell in his voice how shocked and how dismayed he was. And, uh, folks, I just want to, I'm not going to read it for expediency's sake, but, but I really want to encourage all of you to get into the Word, and this is where you need to go. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 through 5, and then you want to follow that up with 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 8 through 12. In a nutshell, well, you might hear my studio dog in the background, in a nutshell, the story is simple. The Church of Corinth discovered a man having sex with his father's wife. Paul became aware of this as he wrote to the church, and he admonished them deeply to remove this person from the fellowship and from the congregation. And he says, turn them over to Satan, that their flesh may be destroyed so that their spirit may live. And that's where we're at in this situation. I've had the pleasure and the blessing of meeting so many Hagman listeners over the past three or four years, and they're great people. And, Doug, I know you feel the exact same way. I know Joe does, too. But I need you folks to get educated, get mad, and make it happen, because this is not a joke. As we speak, Doug, forgive me, but as we speak right now tonight in D.C., or Hollywood, or New York, or Chicago, or Vegas, there is a high possibility not probability, possibility, that 
there are children being abused, molested, raped, and sacrificed as we speak. Doug, let me ask you a question. With President-elect Trump, praise God, with President-elect Trump coming in, with the dissension and with the, how do I put it, with the spiritual disassociation that we see from the left, is it not probable that many of these leftists are going to their source, to the head honcho, to Satan himself, beseeching him for greater power. Back to Aleister Crowley and the Book of Law and Sex Magic. I don't recommend you folks read this, but you may want to look up the following word. Doug, you said it last night. The word is Thelema. T-H-E-L-E-M-A. If you understand Thelema, which is, by the way, the, the impetus for the entire Ordo Templi Orientis cult, O-T-O, Aleister Crowley mapped it out. It didn't die with Aleister Crowley in 1947. It very much lives today. Doug, let me hand it back to you with this question, sir. In all of your years of investigation, have you ever come across anything even remotely close to this? Not not the magnitude that I've seen. You know, I wrote a book, and it's no secret, um, uh, of course, the book uh, Stained by Blood. It's out there. Uh, Yeah, I read it. It's a good book. You know. Well, thanks. Uh, you know, my uncle was murdered in 1982 and 1987, picked up the investigation, and really had nothing to do with the murder investigation. I, I stumbled onto a satanic ritual abuse, uh, a, a microcosm of what we're talking about. Okay, nothing is as as perverse as the. Well, I shouldn't say that. Yeah, it was perverse, but I stumbled into this, and I had no idea what I stumbled into at the time. Now it all makes sense after speaking at length with Russ Dizner. So to answer, and, and you know, working with him and, and comparing notes, and, and Russ said to me one day after reading the book, he said, "Fuck, you, you understand? You know what what you uncovered, and it's not over." Okay, the 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 chat, the final, the epilogue to that book. Um, or the follow-up to that book is, is, is it's far from over. It, it's we're we're talking about it now, but in a larger sense. So, uh, to answer your question, no, the magnitude of what we're seeing today, because it involves royalty, it involves people like Jimmy Savile, uh, involves uh, who's dead, involves uh, the Queen, the royalty over in uh, the city of London, it involves prime ministers and leaders of countries, it involves the uh, Mossad. And, and the CIA and the FBI and members therein. It involves people in this country, uh, from the government to NGOs. Uh, Haiti, for example. Many people, look, the Clinton Foundation. Oh, how does this figure into all of this? The Clinton Foundation is part of, in my view, in my research, in my professional uh, assessment, the Clinton Foundation is heavily tied into all of this. And if you look at what happened in Haiti, Look at uh, Laura Silsby, just as an example, who was arrested with 33 children, ostensibly rescuing them uh, out of Haiti. She was arrested for child kidnapping because some of the children that she that she was saving, well, <laughs> they, they weren't orphans and they didn't need saving. They, she took them from their parents. But that, yeah, I believe that's called kidnapping. Yeah, but 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 see, do you know? where she works right now? Do you know, ladies and gentlemen? No, quiet. You know where she works? She works as part of the Amber Alert System. <laughs> 
Doug, let me jump in quickly here and compliment what you just said. Uh, one of the things that you will learn very quickly as you research this Pizzagate nightmare, brothers and sisters, is that the number one place that these these reprobates, these criminals, these seeds of the serpent operate is exactly as Doug said. And I'm sorry to say this, but part of what the Clinton Foundation was doing in Haiti, and again, a tip of the hat to all the citizen investigators out there who are literally working 24-7 in almost every country on the globe to uncover this stuff. Folks, Haiti was uh, a shopping spree for these pedophiles. Correct, Doug? You know, I couldn't have said it better. In other underdeveloped countries, especially in Africa, uh, the same thing. Yes. Yeah, it's a, it's a meat market in, in some of the places in, in Europe, including like Amsterdam and, and uh, then East Asia as well. Yes. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, something I would be remiss if I didn't mention in the time we have remaining. Folks, so much of what we all learned back in 2012 and 2013 with Doug and Joe and Steve and Rick Wiles and Pastor Langford and and uh, so on, it was educated speculation at that time. What we did was we used our understanding of history and our understanding of Scripture and the gift of discernment from the Holy Spirit. We vectored all those things together to culminate and, and then articulate information that at that time was mostly what I would call intelligent speculation. What we're telling you tonight is that that speculation has come full circle, and that speculation is now criminal reality. And it is crucial that every single person listening tonight understand that you have a responsibility here. As a parent, a grandparent, brother, sister, uh, 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 uncle, aunt, nobody wants to see children uh, uh, attacked and hurt in this way. And keep in mind... If I can just add something here, kind of to tie up some loose ends, you know, we are, we have been, um, hit with the, um, I don't know, descriptive term, alt-right. Have you noticed, John, the birth of that, the alt-right? There's an attack on the alt-right, and we, the Hagman and Hagman Report, um, Alex Jones, others, uh, Hodges and others have been lumped into this alt-right, uh, designation. Now, yeah, and you know what that is, right? Well, I mean, you know what they're doing. Yeah, and, and and see, they're they're associating that with now fake news. Exactly. And you've got okay, and and this is this is the 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 really sinister part of all of this, because you've got even the well-meaning, well-intentioned people who are looking and saying, well, you know, Alex Jones, we we can't listen to him because he's he's not reliable. You know, okay, maybe he doesn't, and we certainly don't get it right a hundred percent of the time, but we provide information that is. Uh, timely, ahead of time, and, and truth unfiltered. That's what he's doing. That's what we're all trying to do. So there is a war to to. Uh, there's a war against us collectively and individually. We are fighting our own battles, John. You know about our individual battles that we're fighting, um, yes, sir. and collectively as a group of truth tellers, there is this concerted effort to shut us up, shut us down, take us off the air, or whatever it takes to compromise us in any way possible. So you understand when you hear alt-right um, fake news that this topic that we're talking about is largely the reason 
one of the biggest reasons why they, there's a, there's a war on against us. But go ahead, sir. Um, well, take yeah, you know, there's a there's a, an oft used Shakespeare quote that is appropriate at this moment. Methinks thou dost protest too much, and that's exactly understand, folks. What Doug said is completely accurate, and he and I have not been comparing notes in our research. In fact, we had not broached this topic for about a week. Uh, it was what, early last week when we were talking about bringing on uh, Brittany and Nicole Pettibone, Doug. So we haven't compared notes here, folks, but what Doug said is exactly accurate. This fake news uh, meme, this fake news, it's almost like a, a, a false flag news item, is controlled opposition, and that's all it is. It is meant to discredit the frontline media. We're not alt-right. We are the frontline media. This is where you come together if you're not afraid to get bloody, period. They come after us in every way they can, financially, emotionally, career-wise. Friends disappear. Girlfriends disappear. Folks, the, the, the attacks are basically almost nonstop, but once you're in this, if you've got uh, some guts and if you love the Lord and if you care to stand up and defend the defenseless, you can't back out. It's like once you start, you can't stop. What Doug said, Doug, what you said is exactly accurate. This entire, quote, fake news, unquote, is, in my opinion, nothing short of a mainstream media backfill to discredit the information that we are bringing forth this evening and that four of our seven guests next week will bring to the Hagman family. Well said. And, you, you know... Ladies and gentlemen, John Robertson has been on the front lines of this, kind of like me back in 1987, not, not, not knowing what I stumbled upon. John has uh, knowingly stumbled upon this and exposed this from his Hollywood connections, and, and many people perhaps laughed and said, "Oh, John, yep, yeah, yeah, nice. You know, you're just a bunch of you're you're you're, you're you know, you're nuts." But no, yeah. seen, you know, some of the things I've well, seen. Man, well, Doug, they weren't laughing when they called me up to the Black Tower and all the brass at Universal gave me the big fat boot out of town in uh, last <laughs> September. That was, let me, folks, let me let me inform you of something, and this is not to, to self-aggrandize, it's not about me, but just by way of uh, sort of an anecdotal explanation as we reach the, uh, the midpoint of the hour here. When they called me up to the office at Universal, it was September 19th, 2015. They pulled me off set. I was escorted by security into the unit production manager's office where I was summarily fired, and they prepared legal proceedings against me that essentially blacklisted me from, are you ready for this, brothers and sisters? From Universal. Who owns Universal? Comcast. Who owns Comcast? General Electric. And that goes right back to the corporate oligarchy, many of the heads of which are complicit in this pedophilia ring that we are struggling with limited folks with limited resources okay Doug Joe myself JD uh, all of the family that believe me when you hear Hagman and Hagman report there's a whole lot more than two Hagmans pulling that into the rope amen, uh, amen. and so understand we're doing the best we can with the resources we have available we're skyping with people all over the world we're spending I don't know about you Doug but I feel like I've got an iPhone growing out of my right ear and the reason oh, we're yeah. doing this is not to create a show. It's not to give you some woo-woo or keep you up tonight or send you to a second bottle of wine. It's for none of those reasons. The reason we're doing this is because if we do not defend the defenseless, if men like Doug Hagman and Joe Hagman and Greg Jackson and Coach and Pastor Langford and Flip and myself, if we don't defend the defenseless, then in my humble opinion, and Doug, this is just my opinion, we are complicit by omission. Amen. 
You're absolutely right. And, John, we're about a minute away from the bottom break here, and we're going to have to cut you loose. But you know, oh, That's probably a good thing. <laughs> well, I'll tell you something. And the reason I asked you on here tonight is because people need to understand that that we are a group. We've got limitations. You know, as an investigative agency, John, um, of which you are part of. And, and folks, John has investigative experience. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, he has investigative experience uh, working for, That's right. uh, you know, so he knows um, what's going on. He's got the experience, but this is not, we are just, we're just beginning. And you're just hearing, um, I'd love to be the tip of the spear on this, only because I think, when I say that, I, I, not for, again, not for any selfish reason, but to really get this information out there, because it is so important, the information that, I, I don't care, just get this, I don't care who it is, just get this information out there. We need to, everyone needs to see this, because once this is exposed, the entirety of the um, uh, everything, the, the corruption in the government, it's going to it's going to lay bare all of this, and it's going to provide you with a insight into the motive, into the means, and into the opportunity. John, thank Doug, you. Doug, so if I may, I'd like to yeah. I'd like to make one final remark, folks. The most important thing that I've said over this past hour, and Doug, thank you for your graciousness and for the time, folks. You have the power. You have the authority to tread on serpents. In Jesus' name, you need to educate yourselves. Tell the people around you, whether it's your spouse, your friend, coworker, whatever, make them aware. Okay, 10,000 turns into 20,000 in one minute if you'll all do that. And lastly, take this to the pulpits. We have the power to create a firestorm of resistance to this. And I expect, respectfully, I expect nothing less from our Hagman brothers and sisters. Doug, thank you so much for having me on this evening. And God bless you, brother. Stay God bless you, brother. Folks, we're going to be right back. God bless John Robertson. Hang right where you're at. Whose music? The Hagman and Hagman Report coming to you live right here from our radio and television studios in beautiful northwest Pennsylvania, where it was a balmy 59 degrees today. That's right. Yeah, global warming, right? Well, <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I was... um um Going through the news, in addition to all of the stuff, you, you've got you've got news everywhere. You've got the um, you, you've got ISIS attacks, ISIS-inspired attacks here in North America, Ohio, OSU. You, that, ladies and gentlemen, textbook right out of the propaganda video, ISIS propaganda video. You had uh, an OSU student drive his car into a crowd, into a building, take a knife, and go after a bunch of people before being shot dead uh, by a police officer. Now, that's news. You cover that. You talk about that because that's a threat. You have to know the to be informed, you have to be aware of the threat. Islam is a threat to to us. Islamic terrorism is indeed a threat. And of course, you've got this this perverse the perversity that's embraced by Pizzagate. That is a threat because the very people, the high powered, high profile people involved in that, are worshiping Lucifer. At the end of the day, that's what it's all about. And you've got this epic battle between good and evil. Biblical battle between good and evil. Now, some people will not uh, 
will not present it that way. I really haven't heard any of the so-called big talkers say it's a fight between good and evil, but that's what it is at the very end of the day. And then I was just reading too, and Stan's going to come on at nine o'clock, uh, talk about various things, but, uh, I got a, I got a notice, um, via email that the sun is doing some weird things. There was a recent scientific, uh, meeting, meeting of scientists, and I don't, I can't put my finger on it right now in the email, but, uh, uh, expect perhaps by 2020, there is a, I think it was a one in 12 chance of, of some sort of EMP type event to take out, to take out our power grid based on the sun's activity. And that made me think of Alan Riggs. Well, who's Alan Riggs? Well, if you watch our show, Alan Riggs appears during our, um, uh, during our breaks. Alan Riggs is the, the man behind a company called Greenovative. And you can go to HagmanReport.com and click on the Green Event. And, and it'll take you to a must-have item. It's it's one of the coolest items that I, I've ever seen. And it's, to me, if if you're looking for a gift for the hard to find, or, uh, you know, somebody who's got everything, um, the GMAG battery charger is probably the way to go. If, if, your significant other, your your son, your daughter, your uncle, your and that person who's always hard to buy for. If if they don't have one of these, they need one. We have one here in studio. We love it. Again, it's one of the neatest things I've ever seen. What it is, what the GMAG is, is um is a device that charges rechargeable batteries using nothing more than water and salt water. In light of the news. Now you, you know, we try to be prepared for every eventuality. And this is one of the things. An argument can be made. Well, you know, you can recharge batteries, but what are you going to use them in in the event of an EMP? Look, some stuff will still work. And, and you know, lights, something as simple as that, a battery-powered lantern, for example, that could make all the difference. So, folks, go to greenovative.com. That's greenovative.com or hagmanreport.com. Click on the link to Greenovative. This is one of the greatest little devices I've ever seen. It's the ideal solution for uh, creating power. It makes power anywhere, anytime, any weather, day or night. And it's uh, the GMAG power cell, 8 ounces, EMP-proof, and it's got a definite shelf life. Uh, you can charge an unlimited number of batteries, and it's made in the USA. Of course, all you have to do is replace the magnesium power bucks after... Um, what twenty or so charges, but but it's it's, it, I mean it really is the cat's whiskers. <laughs> so I asked Alan Riggs if he wouldn't mind coming on tonight. Just just let's talk, let's talk about the solutions that he's provided, but also let's talk about the current events too, and what he thinks of things because he is, he's at the ground level. He goes to these survival conferences. I don't know what you would call them, but but he's out there talking to people. And I really want to get a feel, because I can't go to every, I, I can't go to any of them hardly, but he talks to all kinds of people out there. What are people saying? And so I asked Alan to, to come on here for a little bit and talk about what uh, what the sentiment is out there with a Trump victory. What's the sentiment out there about preps? What, you know, so, Alan, thanks for coming on, brother. Appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Well, you know, you're the man. I mean, you're out there in the public. You're talking about survival. You're talking about uh, solutions for people. 
And I like that because we, we, we often talk about the problems but not solutions. And you created a product that is one of the greatest things I've ever seen. It really works well. It charges batteries, rechargeable batteries. And, uh, so you've created a solution for a problem that exists. But, uh, what, Alan, let me start out by asking you this. What's the mood among people out there today? Um, I would say um, less than fear, more than anxious. But folks are, um, by the numbers increasing, becoming more aware that the, the fabric of our current, current environment is being torn. And they're looking for the things that will help them through the dark days. And I see folks on uh, my water purifiers, uh, laying millers, rocket stoves, and he sells all kind of stuff. I go, I can't make my units fast enough. Um, we've been overwhelmed with orders, but I take what I can. And I normally sell two or more times as many as I brought. Folks are looking for those things that can get them through days, weeks, or even longer. When uh, when the grid goes down or the EMP pulse comes, so there's those kinds of uh, near fear conversations going on uh, at every show I go to. You know that's an interesting sentiment, and I've judging by the people I talk to, the people I know that I talk to on a regular basis, uh, there's this uh, optimism about Trump, but there's also this um, reality that something, you know, is in the offing. Something is out there that, uh, something not good, and we need to be prepared for any eventuality. And the people in the South, um, I had a conversation with a couple of people about the um, bad weather events, and the the power, the the fact that if they had power, it'd be a whole different story for them, quality of life issues. And, and of course, you know, that's where you come in, but but people are expecting something to happen, aren't they? There, there's this anticipation of some event or a series of events that, that'll take place that won't be good for our society. That's kind of what you're saying, exactly. think, right? Yeah. You're exactly right. I think that's, I think that's a, an apt description. They, they sense that something is coming. Nobody knows what but there, there's a, a strong desire to be prepared for whatever that is. Alan, do, do you... Um, no, I mean, you and I are a lot alike in terms of... Uh, I think uh, we're in the same age bracket and such, but do you feel America... Um, and, and this is kind of... you may People might think this is like a softball question, but I'm, I'm really trying to get a handle on things. America's divided uh, right now more than ever, in my belief. Is that your your belief as well? Um, I think in a, in a political sense, yes. But I see when I when I take the, the, the smaller group of people, um, which is pretty much across the United States, and the shows that I go to, I see um, people from all walks of life that are thinking the same. But politically, yeah, there is a, there is a divide. But there are a number of folks who are rising above that to. to uh, Work together to make uh, to make preps for whatever there is that's coming. Okay, so, so there, there's despite the and folks, this is important because this is not all gloom and doom. This is um, 
this is the dose of reality, of course. You know, we're talking about heavy-duty issues. But there's also the spirit of unity that exists in small pockets out there. And I'd like to think that we, as a group, as an organization, whether it be the Hagman and Hagman Report or whether it's uh, uh, the totality of all of the uh, talk shows that, that get deep into topics, the, the unity is there. And I think there are pockets of unity within each Organization, so I mean that—that's a long way of saying, you know, in spite of all the bad that's coming, there's good, um, and there's positive stuff, and especially as we stay close to the word and such, um, we're we're gonna, we're going to be able to to prevail, ultimately prevail, and we know how the story ends, but there's a lot of rough real estate between now and then, um, so the, yeah, I, I get that, but you know, the other part of having you come on is um, you've done some great stuff with, with uh, and I do want to talk about your product for a moment if I can um, your your GMAG, your power cell I've had probably a dozen people over the, over the course of a week send me emails asking me questions about it and I figured you know this is a great time too especially in the weeks before Christmas when people do give gifts if they do um Tell us about your, your GMAG power cell and how it works, because you can do a lot better job than I can. And maybe you can answer the questions that were not asked or that were asked in the emails but were not spoken you know, directly asked uh, during our conversation. So, so tell, tell the audience about what your product is, because, again, this is the neatest thing I've ever seen. And I guess I didn't pay attention in science class. I don't know, but it, it's cool. Uh, yeah, I, I love science class. It was great. Um my device is a magnesium air fuel cell, and we acquired the uh, at first the license, and then the rights to make the, the cathode material, and we patented the, uh, the fuel cell itself. And it's a it's a high energy device that is completely dormant on the shelf. You add a little bit of salt water, and the reaction among the cathode and the anode, and the uh, salt water makes magnesium hydroxide, which is milk of magnesia. It's environmentally benign. And in the process, it gives off a lot of free electrons, and our cathode is very, very efficient. And we scoop those electrons and up and turn them into usable electricity. And this item that we have right now, we've uh, used that fuel cell to charge AA batteries. And we can charge six 1,000 milliamp hour AA batteries in about three hours. And we can do that about 130 batteries worth for each pair of power pucks that we have. The power plugs are a new development. It took me a while to get those working, and we we introduced it in early April of this year, and uh, everybody wants one. And I get a lot of positive feedback from folks throughout the U.S., but I get questions as well. Uh, how do you keep them from reacting? Uh, when you've completed charging your batteries, it takes about three hours. Take the batteries out, and... Uh, Drain the water and pull the pots out and rinse everything with fresh water. Can't let it dry, put it back on the shelf, and everything is dormant. You can go back in five months, five years, uh, a decade, and take it off the shelf, put it back together, and salt water, and it works just as well as it did the day you put it in there. So there's a lot of positive things about it. It's uh, EMP safe because it has no combinational logic in it, there are no circuits. So if there is a big pulse and it either takes out the grid or it takes out electronic circuitry of various types, 
single charge and salt and water, you can still charge your batteries, which will live through that kind of a event. And you have you have power and light. Uh, you may have communications depending on how well you you've um, sealed your and protected your walkie-talkies or whatever you're going to use for for comms. But you for sure will have light. You can run small motors, small fans, that sort of thing, to try to make it a, a little more comfortable in the house. But it's it's lightweight, it's durable, and we're pleased that we've been accepted by uh, so many of your viewers. In fact, I get calls. Just people call me out of the blue and say, hey, I saw you, Eggman, Eggman. And I wanted to say that you made a great product, and I'm uh, a blessing for doing it. So this whole experience with your listeners has been just uh, just wonderful for me. We've mm. met a lot of them, we've talked to a lot of them, and uh, it's just great to be part of the team. Well, you know, it's it's so great to have you because the way I look at it, and this is my mindset, folks. Uh, you might, if you're listening to this or watching this right now, you might think, well, what are you doing? Why are we, why are you talking uh, about this? Well, we have to take a moment at, at certain points and we have to take inventory, mental inventory, spiritual inventory, physical inventory of our preps. I mean, we have to be spiritually prepared, mentally prepared, and physically prepared in my view. All three. Um, and if you're, you know, yeah. And, um, uh, I get emails and, and communications. Well, you know, you talk about problems, but but really solutions. This is a solution for power. And that's number one. But it also speaks to the bigger. And and I look at this kind of in a in a. Uh, uh, this also speaks to the the will of the people out there. Um, the will to to survive to pu- to push through any type of event that might happen. Um, to be prepared, but not be, you know, my hair is on fire running around and thinking, oh, this is the end. No, we, we, you know, we're prepared and through items like yours, um, which is the, again, the, the best item. I, I, well, they're Christmas gifts for a family. Shh, don't tell anyone, um, folks, uh, <laughs> because, uh, yeah, and, uh, I mean, the, the, these items here, these, these little, Weeks to your preps will be so important because I know people who've got loads of food stacked up and all kinds of stuff. It's almost like having all this stuff and forgetting a can opener, you know, or like a, you know all these. You know, this is something you really need, um, in my view. And I'm so proud to be able to talk to people about your product. And I feel like I'm. I don't know. I just. I just. I just feel it's. It's really a great. Uh, it's not. It's not a great. Pro- it's not only a great product. It's. It's a. It's a great. I've got. A, I just feel so happy to. Uh, to be able to talk about your product to others, and uh, that you allow us to do it because it's um, it's a it's a it's a really the Cadillac of any portable charger that I've ever seen. I've never seen really anything. I know there are other things out there like this, but this is really something great. Um, now, having said all of that, um, Alan, what do you do? One of the things that we have here, uh, concern that we have is communications if the lights go out. And uh, we, we, what we've done, and, and tell me if you would sign on to this or agree with this. What we've done is we took an old microwave that still has a, a, a good seal on it, and we put in a couple of, uh, we, we put in a transistor radio, um, and a couple, I think four, walkie-talkie type devices, and 
to be powered by your rechargeable batteries in the event of, well, a named EMP. But it's good for storage as well for, um, you know, if you lose power from a weather event or anything. Is, in your experience, would like a, a still intact microwave be a suitable Faraday cage for storage um, of such items? It's, the answer would be yes. The thing is a Faraday cage. You don't want the RF from the uh, microwave getting out into the kitchen. Um, mm-hmm. I probably ought to, uh, in addition to to having it in there, you might want to put uh, ground it around the, uh, the unit. And it probably right. is if it's plugged in. And some people would, uh, you know, do an extra step and line the inside of the of the microwave with aluminum foil as well. Right. But all those those things you can do, but just the way it stands, you'll probably do do really well unless it's just like directly overhead. Right. Yeah, I think that's a great solution. Okay, and and is there any any other uh, tips uh, given your experience in the survival industry, the prep industry? I don't know how to describe it. Do you have any advice for people? Um, obviously, folks, purchase a G Mag power cell because it's well worth every every cent and trust me when I tell you it is a quality product but in addition to that um, oh and by the way I, I, I and I'm sorry for not mentioning this there's a you have a sale 15% off all purchases through Christmas using the promo code Hagman right correct okay I, I, one other, I wrestled one that other on point. the ground for this go ahead <laughs> and you did well uh, yeah. the other point I would like to make is uh, we make these in ourselves so the cutoff date for guaranteeing that it will get to the recipient by Christmas is the 15th of December. We All need right. time to put them together and get them out, and uh, the queue is getting longer. Okay. But back to your question about other, th- other things for being prepared. One of the things that happens when the power goes out and the batteries go dead that you bought five months ago in preparation for this, you know, they'll either go dead on the shelf or in the device. It's dark, and the uh, the kids are crying, and people are scared in the dark. So if, if, if folks go to the dollar store, you can buy uh, some of these um, five LED uh, gooseneck lamps for a few dollars, and they're run on the powered by AA batteries. And if you buy a handful of those and set them around the house and light them off when the when it gets dark. You can walk through the house pretty much uh, without stumbling over anything because the rooms are lighted. The, another right. thought, another fact is over 25,000 fires get started every year in the United States by candles intended lit, lit to make light. So people light them, forget that there are curtains in the way, they just want to be able to see. And 25,000 fires start every year. Mm-hmm. A family member of mine had, yeah, uh, I, I will tell people this, about, oh, 15 years ago, a family member had a candle burning in their bedroom, caught the drape on fire from one of the curtains, and, uh, oh, about $50,000 later, and, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it was, it was a horrific, uh, 
insult or you know uh, it was a, it was just a, a terrible incident and, and man I'll tell you that to watch people go through that so you're right the the lights especially when you're in the dark the lights of course uh, you know lighting is a, is a necessity and you'll never be without a light with your product and uh, of course like a you know inexpensive lantern or you know whatever but uh, this this is so important so um do, do not skimp on this. You might have food, you might have water preps, you might have food preps, that's all good, but don't skip on the power. That's, uh, really, that's what I, I'm, I'm glad that you're, uh, I'm glad that you're here. And I'm glad I found you too. I'm glad you found us, I guess, uh, oh, with you. respect to this. Yeah, so, um, but, but 15% off, folks, uh, promo code Hagman, greenevative.com. That's greenevative.com. 15% off, uh, through Christmas, but order by 1215. In fact, if I were you, I'd do that sooner rather than later because I know, uh, Alan, you guys make these by hand. I mean, these are hand assembled, hand created, and, uh, checked, uh, rigorous, uh, 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 quality control process, and I've never, I've never every had every one of them myself. And, and ladies and gentlemen, I've never had a complaint ever from anyone who's ordered these. And I know a lot of people have ordered these, or who have purchased these Green Innovative G Mag power cells. So it's great. Alan, what are, in the remaining few minutes we've got left, what else? Uh, any other words of wisdom you can you can provide for us here as we look at the dismal landscape and news and such? Uh, I don't know about words of wisdom, given the, the current news. I think that one needs to keep the faith and, and follow a just path and uh, be, be mindful that the fabric of our society is, is crumbling. The, uh, another preparatory thing is a lot of uh, a lot of communications device makers are now making uh, battery adapters, only battery adapters, so that when their specialty battery goes dead and you don't have an infrastructure to charge it, you can put AA batteries in it and make your uh, your HF walkie-talkie work or cameras work, that sort of thing. So having some adapters that you can let double A's power your device because everybody has to play that. That's true. And I've seen that, and I didn't quite understand the reasoning behind it, but now I do because some of the, the batteries are proprietary for the instrument, or maybe proprietary, proprietary is not the word. It's, um, But, yes, you can adapt Pay attention, folks, to, to, to the possibilities of using double A, triple A's, whatever. And then, of course, this is where Green Innovative of the GMAG comes in, and you'll never be without power for your devices, whether they be flashlights, lanterns, the walkie-talkies, and such. So important, so very important. And I would like to make a, I'd like to make a comment about you and your uh, devoted listeners. I was at a uh, self-reliance expo in Denver, Colorado, about three weeks ago. And I was kind of off in the corner, and I put up a little sign that said, as seen on Hagman and Hagman. And I don't know, 30, 40 people stopped by to talk to me, and they would see the uh, Hagman and Hagman sign. And one lady said, 
I have been trying to get my hands on one of these since I saw it mm-hmm. on their uh, on the webpage. She said, "I'll take two of them." So, <laughs> folks, folks trust you. They deeply trust you, folks. And uh, whenever they quoted Hagman, Hagman, they said, "You got to pull one of those aside for me." So wow. it was uh, it was really refreshing to uh, have folks walk up and said, "Hey, you can tell me about how it works, but if Hagman, Hagman like it, I know that it's good and I want one." Wow. Well, well you know, feedback on the reach, your reach wow. to people. That, that's so good to know. Ellen, thank you so much for dropping by and for being a part of our family and for offering such a great product that you do. We're going to be talking more about it. But I just want to say that we really appreciate you being part of our of our Hagman and Hagman family. And God bless you, Mr. Riggs. Alan Riggs from Green Innovative. Folks, stay right where you're at. We'll be right back. Stan Dale from Standale.com every week, every Tuesday. You know, Stan Dale is, uh, man, he's been, he's, he's an icon, isn't he? Um, the most respected researcher, one of the most respected researchers in the world. Him and, and Holly, his wife, done so much for so many, really have their finger on the pulse of what's going on. Many people tune in. On Tuesdays, just to hear Stan, just uh, you can say all you want to say. I'm I'm listening to Stan, and it's it's okay by us, absolutely. Um, so Stan coming up here momentarily, and, and you could go to standeo.com. That's Stan D E Y O dot com, and the show images page. Always check that in the run up for his appearance. Now, I you heard from Alan Riggs. Of course, greenovative.com. Another, folks, mark this down. Tradingpostinthewoods.com. Tradingpostinthewoods.com. This is an American-owned and operated store run by a team of crisis first responders. I have never again, you know, we, we go to the best of the best now. And Trading Post in the Woods has got items for preparation um, the survivalist nature or natural remedies kit the uh, American heritage rem- rem- remedies kit the deluxe package go there and check out the specials that they have especially for Hagman and Hagman listeners trading post in the woods dot com trading post in the woods dot com homeopathy this is a golden nugget, and I mean, I've learned so much and benefited so much by 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 the by the information and by the products from tradingpostinthewoods.com. Spend some time there, tradingpostinthewoods.com, tradingpostinthewoods.com. Eric, do we have Stan? Okay, we're checking this out. We do. Oh, hey, there he is. Stan, th- 
Oh man! All right, I, I didn't get the I didn't get the thumbs up from Eric, so I didn't know. So I didn't know if I was going to have to sing or dance or what I was going to have to do. But thanks, man. You say you saved singing, me. All dancing, yes. No, <laughs> no, you can't get out of it. I'm here. All right, brother. Well, well, that's good. Uh, hey, what what you thinking about? <laughs> all kinds of things. Um, certainly, there's political things, and then there's uh, space things, and. Uh, Mars things. I don't know whether you've been watching that Mars series on uh, the uh, History Channel thing there, but it's uh, been rather interesting. I, you know what? I, uh, I, I'm, I must have gotten a, a hundred emails about that, and along with always with tell Standale or ask Standale, you know, uh, about that. Yeah, I've, uh, I've, I haven't seen it. Well, I caught part of it, um, and it, it was reminiscent of what you talked about last week with respect to the Mars face, in, in a sense, but. Yeah, yeah. I found it interesting. I think that's probably what uh, prompts me to do that thing on the Mars face uh, last week. But um, the other thing, too, uh, you'll see this when you get a chance to catch up on the episodes there. There are two different uh, programs. One is Mars Science, and one is Mars, the uh, kind of documentary, um, uh, but fictional-type creation showing uh, a team going to Mars, et cetera, et cetera. And in between various real uh, discussions about the technology to get to Mars and the the efforts surrounding what they're doing now by different companies, you get this serialized, um, you know, uh, drama. And uh, it, uh, you know, it inspired me. I, I, I wrote to Elon Musk's uh, company, to SpaceX, uh, to, saying, look, you know, I have some ideas that might help you get your stuff up in orbit uh, rather quickly and get over to Mars even quicker. I haven't heard back from them yet. They they don't take kindly to emails. I don't think they probably get a zillion of them. But but seeing it, it comes a, from it, you though, I'd, I'd pay attention. You, you know, it, it's not John John Smith. But 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 seriously, your work in this in this very field, man. Um, I'll call him. I'll call him tomorrow. I'll call Elon. <laughs> yeah. All right. See if you can get through. I tell you what, they they hide phone numbers. They and, and I finally found a phone number to get through, and I got to some woman on a front desk somewhere back in the the depths of his company, and uh, I told her what I wanted. She said, "Oh, okay, just a second, I'll connect you with that department." She pushes a button, and I wait, wait, wait. Then I get dong, 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 hung up. <laughs> Sure. And uh, so I called back. I said, it must have been some mistake because you <laughs> disconnected me. She says, oh, right. Well, then email to this address here. And so I said, okay, at least that's an email I can get through to. So I sent off the stuff they requested, and uh, and we'll see whether they bother to pay attention or not because I'm only trying to help them. I mean, there's a couple of areas they need uh, some real uh, input into, some, some out-of-the-box thinking. And one of them is how to generate... Uh, electrical power on Mars, the, the cheapest uh, way, uh, most efficient way possible, uh, and here too, but uh, you know, I've done work in that area. And and the other, of course, was in um, how to generate, you know, toroidal coils linked together in a certain way to make things a lot lighter. Mm. You get my drift. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And while I was doing the research for the show tonight, I was looking at various news articles, and one of them kind of piqued my curiosity, really, because um, Russia is planning to build a base on the moon in by 2031. Now, here's Russia t- 
Yeah, well, they're trying to do a base on the moon, just a base on the moon by 2031. And on the Mars programs, they're saying, we're trying to get a base on Mars by then. You know, it. Uh, you got to wonder why it is that we're going to Mars instead of doing the same thing with the moon. You know, put a base there and get operations closer to home so at least we can help our people, you know, without all the risk. Have you got any thoughts on that, why we're doing that? You know, every time I think about it, why? Because they think they can. Uh, I don't know. Is it the allure of Mars, the red planet? Um, I wish I could answer that question. I I, I don't know. I don't know what the thinking is. They they found water on the moon in various forms that they could probably convert and use, uh, and and hydrogen in in various uh, rock structures that they could mine and even, you know... um, generate the fuel they need for the return trip if you're going to use rockets and stuff like that just talking you know classic uh, propulsion things so i don't know why we're not doing it and why we haven't done it if we're going to spend gigabillions of dollars to go to mars why don't we spend a lot less get up to the moon there are some very you know positive uh efficient reasons to go as far as observing the earth and um having a way to um, have an early warning system, if you wish, uh, in case of other powers trying to uh, attack the United States, and then also to develop, you know, uh, the technology and the psychology that we need to put uh, humans on other planets, particularly Mars, because that's kind of the, the closest to our environment we can get to, even though, you know, daytime temperature there is zero degrees. Nighttime is like a hundred and something below zero. I mean, you know, that's as close as we can get in our solar system, and I think that's pretty, uh, pretty cold. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. well, do you? Okay, in conversationally <laughs> or in the larger picture, um, the attempt to colonize or, or the colonization of, of whether it be the moon or Mars. Is it really a good investment? I mean, in your estimation, not now. Of... No, it's not. It's not right okay. now. Uh, you know, as um, Holly just said, I mean, as far as uh, being able to feed the astronauts on the moon, it'd be a lot easier because of all the free cheese. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to keep a straight face and talk serious over here while I got Holly in my ear with this. <laughs> she has fun when I'm on the air at my expense. Uh, yeah, I'll be your straight man here. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. Go on, sorry. Well, no. I, I mean, of all things, um, and and I think too. Um, well, NASA itself, or right, as an agency. Um, when I look at this in, in, you know, from a broader perspective, uh, just looking at NASA and, and the objectives, and of course you've got Elon Musk and the the privatization uh, sector, but but looking at, at, at their objectives, um, yeah, I just I, I don't know, I don't, I don't know. We've got so many problems, and, and, and now you know attempting to colonize Mars or the Moon or whatever, and it's, it sounds good, but uh, okay, yeah. Well, as I said, I can see strategic, you know, uh, defense initiatives that would be better handled from the moon, and that might be a justification, you know, for uh, spending the the defense money on that uh, lunar base. I mean, Trump uh, has already said that uh, he's going to put American astronauts on the surface of the moon in 
basis. But getting it there, if, if you can build a, a, a base on the moon, a permanent base, you can start stockpiling a lot of stuff there that you need, you know, fuel, food, uh, supplies, and things for the long trip, even for unmanned uh, probes. Uh, mm-hmm. In that low-gravity environment, there's a lot of, uh, of advantages to that. Anyway, I, you know, I, I think... Uh, that uh, Trump has some really good ideas uh, for the space uh, program and uh, uh, you know uh, Newt Gingrich could probably help that along if he, I think he's going to appoint him to a position that uh, will allow that to happen you know better budgets and, and better planning and not nonsense and, and the other side of it conspiratorially speaking you know you know me um, I'm thinking okay suppose since the Apollo series of uh, visits to the moon, what if we have, the United States has developed a number of bases on the moon that you can't see, obviously, and uh, that they are there for research and development and for defense, and uh, they don't want civilian bases there because we would be crossing paths with the already, you know, secret type uh, installations that are there. So until we have peace on the earth, which isn't going to happen until the good Lord comes, but, you know, until we have solved the, the nuclear threat between nations here, uh, the only reason I can see for going up there to the moon is as a military objective. And that's just kind of, since all nations aren't being allowed to do that together, I would think that that's just kind of breeding a scab, you know. We're, well, yeah, but, but you make a, you make a good point. There's so much we don't know that's going on, you know, in, in the in the black ops or military uh, programs, and 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 maybe and we know the militarization of spaces that have taken place. So, who's to say maybe there isn't something on the moon or or the things on the moon that we don't know about? We're not supposed to know about that's defending us, not from aliens necessarily, but you know, from um, um, uh, you know, inter continental or attacks or whatever potential early warning systems like you mentioned or or whatever i mean it's not that far out of the realm i, I don't think at this point in 2016 not, not, at least not in my view no no you know holly's got some some good articles up this week uh, you know that are kind of in my bailey week on science and stuff and the solar yeah. system and uh, she's um got a uh a link uh, to an article. Let me just see if I can find it here uh, about the uh, global warming and how the El Nino drove us to record highs and then suddenly dropping it down as we go into La Nina. And what what I'm saying in this is, you know, the article tells you that this is not man-made stuff. This is periodic, you know, global climate change that the Earth has gone through before. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the thing that I... I kind of um, add my my two cents worth on is this: the sun being the major driver for all the planets heating and cooling. If this, if the periods between the global heating and cooling are getting closer together, are more um, exotic, you know, more disparate in the range of heating and cooling on the planet, then that means again that we have to watch the sun because it's doing something that it's not done before. As it ages, it's going through changes itself and its nuclear chemistry, which is a proven fact already since 1992. Um, so when you look at the article, you'll see, I think on my show images page there on the 
to the article in the UK Daily Mail. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's, you know, uh, that explains what I've been saying in more detail. But there's just something, all these things are adding up to something being wrong with the sun or, mm, yeah, wrong, I guess, in the sense that it's, it's not giving us a, a steady equilibrium of temperature and, and uh, weather here on the planet. Not to mention that there have been, you know, more uh, coronal holes and larger in the last couple of years and uh, a couple more, you know, uh, coronal mass ejections than normal and uh, solar flares that are bigger in, in, in quantity over the last uh, solar cycle. Anyway. Yeah, and, and there, there, was, um, there was a recent article, and I... I, I don't know if, if I got it off of your website, but um, there's a probability by 2020 the Earth will experience a, a Carrington type of an event, uh, meaning you know some type of EMP. Um, this just was published here recently, and again I, can't, I don't remember if it was off of your your website, but I, I was I was fascinated to read this because they were talking about you know from the sun. Uh, what's taking place on the sun. And you've been talking about this for a long time, that, uh, that there's something going on with the sun. So people are starting to pay attention here, and although they're not seemingly not to, you know, doing anything to harden our electrical grid from uh, EMPs, but uh, and that's why I had Alan Riggs come on the segment before you to talk about, uh, you know, uh, EMP proofing uh, or EMP proof... Uh, Whatever. I'm sorry, but anyway, what's yeah, I so? See what you're saying? 2020. Yeah. I mean, um, if we know this, why aren't we fixing it beforehand, protecting it? You know, um, I, I, I still think we're getting back to the situation where, in the news, the media, you know, the mainstream stuff is being used to drive the herd of human beings toward a certain gate in the paddock and that gate is we need a global government to solve these problems we need to stop nuclear war we need to figure out what's causing these weather anomalies and change them and you know we don't have the technology to do it obviously you know uh, we're spending money or want to spend money to go to mars or to the moon on technologies that are still antiquated we couldn't possibly have any better technology than that otherwise we'd be using it so people are being focused into uh, an attitude of we need someone to help us we can't help ourselves and this is where the you know the uh, false flag the uh, great deception i think is going to come to play when um, our elder brothers are our creators, as these uh, New Agers want to say, it's really Satan and his minions. When they come to Earth uh, or appear to just arrive to help us in our time of need, we're going to be very responsive to that. So we're being herded by various things not being done. Um, you know, we need to, to, to prepare for EMP attacks like you're talking about. Well, okay, yeah, that's true. And a lot of that's already been done to the key military structures, you know, boats and aircraft and things that are needed to be protected. I've seen it. So that's being done. And I'm sure certain key uh, power plants and and, uh, electrical distribution lines and the transformers that go with that have been protected, key ones, right, Um, to allow us to rebuild quickly. But in the press, we're just, you know, like being conditioned to panic. You know, will someone give us peace and security of life, you know? You can see it. That's where we're headed. And that's a very great observation, and I think you're right. I think that this is, we're being groomed, programmed, that's the word, programmed, uh, to um, 
accept this one world government uh this this man of peace the man of who's going to you know be the solution to everything which will be the well you know the, the usher the antichrist is, the false prophet the whoever they are yeah. yeah yeah so you know you're right um well when you look at it through that through, through that lens then things are a little bit clearer interesting yeah yeah you know, um, Holly has an article, a news article she put up on the website there uh, about um, the biggest fault, you know, earthquake fault line on Earth being uncovered. And uh, I've got a couple of articles there um, that I, I relate uh, are linked to the article that she said, plus one that I found as well in a research and development magazine about it. And where they put this biggest fault is in the southwest corner of the Pacific, uh, on the edge or part of the great ring of fire, the arc of fire that uh, you know, goes around the uh, northern half of the uh, Pacific. And where they place this biggest fault is in a place called the Banda Sea. Do you ever remember me talking about that? Yes. Uh-huh. Well, now, these scholarly articles are saying, well, we have found that the the edge of the Banda Sea that connects to the uh, Ring of Fire uh, is very deep there, and uh, it's called the Weber Deep, the Great Weber Deep. And um, this was caused by, we think, a certain kind of plate tectonic movement, very, very rare, that produced parallel scratch marks in in the seabed and in that formation. Now, you know, how you'd get straight line parallel scratch marks like that is kind of interesting because my idea about that, that's the band to see, is that it was the great asteroid that hit the earth in the water on the east coast of India and caused the great flood of Noah. Now, the modern kind of astronomers and geologists that look at asteroid impacts and craters and you know, that kind of stuff, they tend to ignore any asteroid that hit in the water in, in the slush of the Earth because it didn't leave a crater they could investigate, really, and it just shoved up a, a lot of seabed and mantle ahead of it and then came to a stop or left the planet or whatever. They, they didn't pay attention. Now... Back, oh gosh, last year, we were talking about, maybe the year before on your program, about uh, earthquakes that were occurring off the southern tip of Argentina. Now, oh, yeah. the earthquakes, remember that El Tannen uh, asteroid? Yep. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yes. Yep. Well, look at that at image nine on, on the show images page here. It's a, a, a screen snap I did off Google Earth showing where the El Tannen meteoroid, they called it, hit the first little circle, and then it, it it kind of skidded through the mantle all the way over to the right, uh, where it stopped pushing up a uh, a rim of the seabed in the mantle ahead of it and leaving streamers on either side of it as it went. I mean, you can just see it. It, it slushed through there and it left uh, an impact path. Now, the meteor in that case was only about two miles in diameter, but it left an initial crater of 37 miles in diameter. And when it finished up, it was like 394, nearly 400 miles in diameter when it stopped. Now, the reason that's kind of uh, you know important to this whole discussion is that the pattern that was formed there at the Eltanen meteor is identical to the pattern that you see in Google Earth over the top of the Banda Sea. Now, it's not as long. 
pattern uh, over the band of sea, but it's the same footprint showing that there was a large asteroid that hit somewhere off to the west of that, uh, to the you know to the left of your screen, and shoved its way through the Philippines and and took out oh what was it six million square miles of of seabed and from over in the Indian Ocean area and shoved it underneath New Guinea and came to a stop. Now, it is it is as obvious as it can be that the, the Banda Sea was formed by a large asteroid impact, the one that caused the flood. And it when it did, it, it scraped as it pushed you know, the mass ahead of it in the seabed. It would have made those parallel straight lines that they've found uh, you know, in the seabed there that they're trying to say was some kind of an unusual tectonic plate movement. Uh, I defy them really to prove how that tectonic plate movement could have kicked Australia all the way down to where it is and done this large curve from the east coast of India thousands of miles over to New Guinea. It just yeah, there's no way they can do it because the, the tectonic plates don't connect. But anyway, the, the the whole point of my argument here is that uh, these are Australian scientists from the Australian National University that I've already been corresponding with. I've been trying to explain to them that they can't. They know a large meteor impacted um, in the northwest of Australia, somewhere out in the sea, right? right. And the impact of it would did uh, drive little glass balls, you know, the spherules they call them. After the impact, it melted silicon and silicon dioxide and threw these little balls into a formation that they found uh, in the the northwest of Australia there um, at the Australian National University where they were doing core samples down deep to find what was down there. And that whole area is ringed with uh, ancient volcanoes which were caused by some kind of a disruption to the the mantle by something big. So they know they're looking for an asteroid impact crater that was 12 to 15 miles, you know, the asteroid 12 to 15 miles in diameter, making a crater, you know, initial crater of some 300 miles diameter. Well, okay, I explained to them, I wrote to them, I've written to them several times, and I said, look, guys, uh, you know, Kind of think out of the box a bit. This thing you're looking for, I've already found. It's on the west side, you know, of your picture to the left and up into the, the old coastline of India. And you can see the crater part of it there up on land. And, you know, it moved down toward you, kicked Australia out of its position closer to India than it is now, shoved it down and around, uh, you know, uh, to where it is now. And also when it did, it shoved to the Philippines and, uh, you know, uh, Indonesia in general, all the way over toward New Guinea. And there is a big dent in the surface of the Earth underneath the Indian Ocean today, six million square miles. And there's a large uh, mound been formed over underneath New Guinea and uh, Indonesia. That's six million square miles again. It's the chunk, something's been moved from the Indian Ocean over up underneath um, Indonesia. Same amount, same direction, and it was you know, the meteor they're looking for and they still can't see it. They're, it's they're just, right there. Yeah. So you can see it in the pictures. Yeah, I, I mean, it's clear as you pointed that out. And folks, go to standeo.com show images page. We're talking with Standale, standeo.com. Very interesting when you look at the images. Stay right where you're at. Right where you're at. We're going to be right back.
Standale from Standale.com is our guest, Hagman and Hagman. Well, you're listening to the Hagman Report. HagmanReport.com. Follow us on our social networking. We've got uh, presence on Facebook, both uh, personally, myself, and, of course, Hagman Report, and on Twitter. You can uh, follow me, Douglas Hagman, on Twitter, or and or Hagman Report on Twitter. And Standale from uh, Standale has got a just a fantastic website that I check every day. And, of course, Prophetic Perils is a must-have in terms of uh, Holly's books as well as Dare to Prepare. And, of course, Standale, his works as well. So, Standale.com. We're so lucky to have him every Tuesday as a guest because there's so much to talk about. Before we get back to Stan, I just want to mention as well that, you know, if you're in the market for a seed bank, do not, do not, do not buy a survival seed bank until... You go to TexasReady.net. TexasReady.net, they've got seed banks that, well, they're ranked the highest in the world for good reason. They've got all sorts. I mean, this is not a five-and-dime seed bank. This is the best of the best. TexasReady believes their customers are worth uh, the best possible seed bank. And they have created the best seed bank on the market. Folks, go to TexasReady.net. There you you are treated with so much information. We met uh, Lucinda Bailey. She's called the Seed Lady, and she really knows her seeds. She understands the chemistry behind food production, high-yield gardening. Whether you're looking for a seed bank for healthier living, that's possible, or or, or whether you're a prepper, a survivalist, go to Texas Ready. That's TexasReady.net, and, and take a look at what they have. Compare. You, I guarantee you, Texas Ready is the Cadillac of seed banks. They've got, they've got it all. And you will never, ever go anywhere else. They use certified seeds. They use stable heirloom seeds. Um, they've got, uh, uh, so many materials on how to, well, how to take care of your seeds. And, uh, I mean, this is it. TexasReady.net, the ultimate authority. In seeds, TexasReady.net, and mention Hagman when you do, and email him if you have questions. But great, great gift for your family as well for Christmas. TexasReady.net, so so happy to have him on board. But Stan, um, so the hole in the earth over there, Google. When you look at Google Images, as you were saying, I mean, it, it seems clear to me. I, I don't know. Is it a case where you can see it, but you're not at me. I mean, you're looking, but you can't find it. I guess with respect to the asteroid. Yeah, um, and you know, I won't spend much more time on that. But I mean, there there's at least five other impacts that I've found across the planet that haven't yet been discovered officially as um, asteroid impacts. And again, it's just a matter of defying convention, thinking outside the box a bit, looking what you're already accepting in the scientific community as the old Tannen footprint, and look for that kind of a footprint all over the Earth, not only in the ocean bed, but in, uh, you know, like the United States, uh, in uh, China, uh, in uh, and along the coast of uh, South America, you know, on the West Coast side, I found uh, two possibly three there and these were formed a long time ago when the earth was much younger and the you know the the impact of these things was kind of they were massive and they were they were not traveling as fast as you would think because 
these impact things are sideways, kind of like a, a low angle impact, and they shoved all this this uh, seabed and stuff, and and uh, what became continents as well, or what was continents and, and the dirt. It, when it was all kind of wet, moist, you know, when the the earth, as the Bible said, was being watered by uh, dew that came up in the nighttime, you know, and uh, condensed, and so the water was all through the land and uh, I would say it was kind of like Florida a bit swampy and, and uh, you know humid and stuff so it leaves that kind of a footprint when it hits a moist uh, you know dirt and obviously seabed and looking that far back into Earth's history which is you know probably not more than 30 40,000 years but according to traditional science it's a uh, you know you know, billions of years, but uh, we disagree there. And now, then, oh, that reminds me. Holly said she uh, she read me a, a news article headline the other day that uh, scientists are now challenging the speed of light being a constant and relating it back to the Big Bang, saying it might have been faster. You know, surprise, surprise! How many times I have we talked that. about that? Yeah, <sighs> yeah, and, yeah, I saw that, and yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out. Isn't that interesting? Um, in the context of the of, of the creation of the universe, <laughs> you know, the guy that I first heard this concept from it was Barry Satterfield. He still he, he was in Australia at the time. He was in Australia, obviously, and he moved to Washington State. Here, he's he's now here doing his research. And uh, Barry and I would talk uh, hours and hours at late at night. Uh, he was in. Um, South Australia, which is about the the center bottom part of Australia, and I was over in Perth on the western side of Australia, and we would talk about these things. And he he had hard data. He still has hard data, and he's written many official type you know papers, scientific papers on it, saying, "Look, here is positive empirical you know test proof that the speed of light is." Diminishing and it's diminishing from actual recorded speeds and allowing for you know error of measurement for the last two hundred years, and uh, he runs his curve backwards and uh, to the Big Bang. So I put the credit for having discovered that and proved it to, to Barry Satterfield, uh, and, and you know certainly I picked up and tried to carry the banner to point people toward his work because of it. it's so important to saying that God's universe for us is very, very young. And this means that this comfortable feeling that everybody's got about stuff is not going to happen for millions of years, you know, <laughs> uh, because it took billions for it to happen in the past and that kind of stuff. It gives a false sense of security to people. And we yeah, need to shatter exactly. that. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you for saying that because it, yeah, there's I've always had a, a very. I've always looked at the uh, the timing, the, the billions of years, six point five billion years. I've always looked at that and somewhat jaded in terms of okay, uh, how do you you know what's the calculation? I I don't know. Um, yeah, don't 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 get that false sense of security. Don't think. Uh, no, I agree. Yeah, did you see uh, Carl Sagan's? Uh you know, um, show years ago the series on the universe cosmos. Yeah, yeah, I remember I, I'm, that. I'm reminded when we talk about billions and millions, I used to say billions and billions <laughs> of years. You know, <laughs> I, uh, I love the show, but anyway, in spite of its uh, dating problems, but um, um, mm. you know, on a lighter note, uh, Holly had a, a, a has an article still up on the news there about the eleven thousand marine animals that were at threat over in Tennessee with these huge fires they're having over there. 
Um, yep. The good news is, uh, just today, uh, or later today, after she already put up the news, they... Uh, these 11,000 animals that they were afraid were going to lose, everybody had to, uh, you know, evacuate. The staff had to leave and hope to goodness the firemen could protect uh, Ripley's Aquarium of the Smokies there, uh, the Smoky Mountains. And they did protect it, and it said that all 11,000 of these marine animals have been saved. I just thought that was really great news there in, in uh, Gatlinburg, so that's good. Yeah, anyway, and, and what you're talking, yeah, what you're talking about is is the um, um, the Ripley's Aquarium was evacuated in Smoky Mountains because of the fires in Gatlinburg, and uh, eleven thousand animals were left there, and of course they're they're fine. So that's yeah, basically yeah. in a nutshell. Yeah, that's good news. You got to win some. Yeah, yeah. I, and I tell you what, I had a little bit of something for lunch that gave me indigestion like crazy, and so you can appreciate. Image 12 on my show images page. You see that kind of ball with little bubbles all in it there? Uh, that yeah. is an Alka-Seltzer being made in the space station. <laughs> yeah, and I tell you what, you can link to this. They've got a hugely high-resolution video, or low as you choose, but this one, you can count the little atoms in it. I'm sure it's so high-res. And you see the astronaut who obviously needs an Alka-Seltzer, uh, putting a, 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 oh, I don't know, several spoons full of, of uh, water in the air there. And, of course, it floats and forms this perfect little sphere. And then he kind of pushes an Alka-Seltzer tablet toward it. And yep. the Alka-Seltzer tablet goes in. And you just see this, you know, as it expands into this bunch of bubbles in a sphere. Uh, and then he took a hypodermic uh, needle and uh, sucked it into that so he could put it into his lip there, you know, inside his teeth and uh, have his Alka-Seltzer. But what, what a way to take an Alka-Seltzer. Yeah, it's a two-minute video, folks. If you click on the this images page there, it's it's fascinating, and I'm glad I'm glad my tax dollars are going toward. Uh, well, of course, I I know this is just fun. But, uh, wow. <laughs> and uh, in that same link, this is on NASA's high-resolution um, uh, video site. They have about I don't know ten or eleven high-resolution videos. They've been using the video cameras up on the, the space station to get some interesting stuff. And these two here, image 11 and 12, are only two of those and are links to them. Um, the one in image 11 shows uh, the high-resolution video as a tour of the space station. And you see those little red lines in the, the icon there. That's a... Um, um, a blueprint of the space station and it shows you where you are as it's taking you on a tour through it you're on the over on this little tube over here in this hallway here and it is it is so high resolution it's beautiful that it just takes you on a complete tour around the inside of the space station and you know call me silly but i you know i enjoy that kind of stuff just to get up there and and uh, see it like I was there almost. It's really good. Uh, uh, so. uh, I'll, I'll say this, uh, Stan. I mean, it, it is an interesting picture, but I, when I first saw this, it looks a lot like uh, Eric the Tech here, his little work area. I mean, if, in, not quite as big, <laughs> but uh, uh, in order to get the, get the broadcast out. But, yeah, that, that's fascinating. Uh, wow. I, I, wonder think, what, I think you put wonder what this button does. Hang, hang on. I wonder what this button does, you know. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's over there saying, no, no, don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ah, yes. But 
anyway, you can uh, uh, you can enlarge that picture. Just uh, click on it uh, of that uh, inside that space station there, the the sample thing, and you can see uh, you know from the resolution of the picture what the video is going to look like. Um, and uh, boy, you talk about having it all hanging around there on the walls. I mean, how would you ever find anything there? But still, I guess they know where to find it. Uh, that's 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 of interest. And on the science bent, um, there are. Um, some current photos uh, from Mars as well, some orbital things as well as some from Curiosity, and you can uh, link to those. The one I thought was interesting is this one I put the, the little icon of with the blue and white um, dirt mounds or sand dunes or whatever there, because this is an area where they think, that, well, they're pretty sure that water used to flow through this area and make this formation. But it was such a, a beautiful picture. If you hit the enlargement of it, you'll see it. It's like a desert with, with blue sand here and there and, right. and little balls of something floating around those, those formations. It's just, you know, the, the images we get from the uh, Hubble telescope and from the various probes to Saturn and Jupiter and to the outer reaches of, of the system and to Mars and Venus, these things, uh, sometimes make some very beautiful artwork and, and that's kind of what I'm uh, leading up to here with that. You, you go to the link there for um, NASA's latest and if you, if you click the text to the picture, it'll take you to where I got that and then you can look for your own uh, NASA high resolution videos and stuff on that page. It's just just for you know a little bit of relaxation, go in and look at these pictures. They are common. They yeah. are, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, for for someone to look at something like this and and to, to, to deny the existence of God, I just I don't get that. Um, but that's just me. Uh, look at that; that's beautiful. In there was another there, article uh, today at, at uh, you know Google News about uh, a group of scientists that are now figuring out they're on Fox News. They're 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 supposing that time travelers could use parallel dimensions to visit the past. And this is ridiculous. Um, you know, certainly we can have parallel universes, we can have concentric ones, whatever. But to say that we're all running on all infinite possibilities and have infinite number of parallel universes or dimensions so that we can dive from this one into one parallel to us and go back or forward in time and come back, not happening. You know, God's in charge of all this, and, and that just will not work even mathematically. But it shows you where where the scientific community is going. It's going the way of a lot of the world today that is living in la-la land, I think. I don't know how yeah. to explain it. No, that, that's oh, really, you see where yeah. we're about to lose the Great Barrier Reef, or at least two-thirds of it is dead over in Australia? Yeah, yeah. What, what's the actual story on that? Because I did, um, I, I got a couple of emails on that, um, wanting me to address that with you. So, what's, oh, did what's, they? All right. Yeah. Well, uh, the um, the we've been having record warm ocean temperatures down there, as well as what we've had here in in the northern hemisphere. Um, it's a fourteen hundred mile long uh, barrier reef. It's the biggest reef in the world. Um, and uh, as I understand it, there was some kind of a bacterial or viral infection that hit that and uh, in the heat you know it, it prospered and uh, it killed off a lot of them yeah, I think it'll take like they said about 15 years to um, you know just the worst hit sections of the reef to recover um, and it's they're saying it's uh, global warming 
Yeah, exactly. And then that's one of the emails. Um, I, I think I got three emails um, here in the last 24 hours wanting me to ask you about that because they are, they meaning um, well, the, the globalists are, are blaming this on or sh- saying this is proof of uh, global warming. And, and I didn't quite understand the connection there, what they were trying to say. Um, I'm trying. I'm trying to find the emails here, and I, uh, I'm not having a good time at it. So, but yeah, I know so. how that goes. But you know, they're they're going to blame it on global warming. Uh, you know, the man-made global warming, which is, you know, our, our position on that is just rubbish. Uh, right. It's not happening because of that. Sure, I, I agree. There are certain things that we do. Uh, you know, especially in the combustion of uh, fossil fuels that aren't healthy for the atmosphere and the environment, and they will add to the increased warming of the planet. But as Holly's put in one of her books and uh, covered the news a number of times, um, it doesn't explain why the other planets in our solar system are showing signs of warming, you know, in, increased temperatures over the last uh, 20 years. It's not us being there causing man-made you know, planetary warming. So when you see it happening on a, a, a solar system level, okay. uh, you can't you can't say this is all due to this. Only a portion of it, and I think a smaller portion than most people would want to admit. Well, it, it's I mean the global warming myth is is all about carbon tax credits and controlling a, the world economy. I, I mean that's what I suspect. Um, yeah. And it always surprises, well, not surprises me. It always kind of makes me chuckle to think that, you know, here you got Al Gore spending, uh, you know, the, the, the carbon footprint of these, these people that, tra- that travel and to, to address global warming is just beyond anything that we could possibly do in the course of a day, week, month, or even our lifetime. And, and they think nothing of, uh, contributing to the, to what, what yeah, they're attempting to fight. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I uh, can't wait to see Mr. Trump get in the office and start uh, doing what he's uh, doing outside the office, get people organized uh, to do what he promised. And uh, there will be some things that he will appear to uh, not do that he promised. And it's probably because he'll find out when he gets in the office that, you know, you can't just do it uh, because you want to. You have to deal with both houses, you know, the the Senate and the the, uh, Congress. But, um, you know the House representatives, but uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I think that a lot of these people that uh, are casting aspersion in his direction should go ahead and leave the country. You know, if they're unhappy, just go and don't keep making all this, you know, let's recount the vote in these three states and all that kind of nonsense. Um, you know, uh, that woman, uh, Stein, She's already, you know, lost one of the states. They've already said, no, we've done the the count. And, uh, of course, she's got the money, and it's not going to happen there. So she's probably coming out, you know, ahead of the game there. But uh, uh, you just, they're not going to be able to reverse what's happening, you know, or what has happened as far as the Electoral College and the, and the popular vote. No matter how you play it, even if some, you know, somehow some of the Electoral College votes get to, uh, uh, discounted or uh, thrown over to Hillary, whatever. It's still going to have to go to the House, you know, and uh, it'll be decided there. So, yeah, I mean, I mean at the worst, the, the the worst case scenario would be uh, it would end up in the House uh, to decide the president, and the Senate decide the right. The the House to decide the, the president, yeah. 
or whatever. Yeah, yeah the, the, yeah, the yeah, two, two hives. Right. It's going to be the same result based on um, everything we've seen now. They're, and they're also trying to invoke the, believe it or not, the 25th Amendment, uh, painting Trump as this, uh, you know, psychological loon, um, you know, impaired, unable to, to function. So there's so many, the number of initiatives out there. Uh, what got me, Stan, is the vicious nature of the attacks when uh, coming at, at Trump. I mean, that tells me a few things. Um, I, I do suspect that he's truly an outsider if they're coming at him in those directions or the, using those mechanisms. I've never uh, seen such a vicious attack on a presidential election or president president elect. Um, you know, we didn't do that. Uh, we weren't happy with Obama. We right. knew ahead of the time that he was not going to be, you know, what we would like to have in office as, as uh, evangelical believers. And uh, yet we didn't go out and protest and, you know, burn places and, uh, you know, threaten impeachment and stuff like that because we didn't uh, like him. You know, we yeah. accepted the fact he was there and, and did our best to figure out how we could get around him later at the elections. Um, in the fair uh, judicial process, not like they're doing. This is really illegal, what they're doing, a lot of them. I agree, and and, and I, I uh, and I've said this before in the program. In case you're a new listener, I mean, since uh, last week, I think it was last mid last week, I've spoken with four members of the electoral college, and they've sent me emails, copies of their emails that they've gotten from people, and the vitriol contained in the emails is astounding. You know, don't vote for Trump. Uh, if necessary, leave it blank. As a member of the Electoral College, you know, you can make history and, and the pressure is immense on, on the, on the, uh, members of the Electoral College. And is it going to change anything? No, but it's worth mentioning because of the, um, uh, man, the, the, the push behind this. Yeah. yeah, and I guess you uh, have covered this already today, but you know that, that one Texas elector uh, that uh, is resigning instead of voting for Donald Trump. So even though his his constituents voted for uh, Donald Trump, he says, well, I'm not going to cast my electoral vote for him as a Christian. I can't do that. And he's resigning and uh, appointing someone else to take his position there so they have the, the right number of electoral college votes. But, you know. Wow. As a, as a, I, you know, I saw that, but I didn't read it. Uh, or I didn't get into it. So he said, as a Christian, I cannot do this. I cannot vote vote for Trump. Yeah. Is that yeah. as a Christian? Yeah. Well, let me see here. Uh, his decision followed a previous post in which he posed the question of whether it was acceptable for a Christian to vote for a man like Trump for president and concluded that he could not in good conscience do uh, do so. Wow. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> well, see, you know, and to me, um, that's the problem with with the. I look, I I understand the man is fallible, of course. Uh, I understand that the man is is. I I, I understand all uh, about. Yeah, yeah, Trump. he is. You know, I, he's human, but, you know. Yeah, and yeah, he's been married a couple of times. But my goodness, you're in a position as a member of the Electoral Congress to do a job which you were duly appointed to do, and and for you to say, in my view, as a Christian, I can't do this. Um, there is a really big, to me, in my view, that disconnect mentally as a Christian to use Christianity as your um, out out card uh, in this case. That's just my view, but my goodness. Wow. Uh, no, I know. 
you know, the, the left wing, the democratic process, you know, they're just being sore losers in the extreme. And it's just not what America was built on. No. No, not at all. And um, uh, my, my wife the other day uh, brought me some safety pins to wear in my lapel uh, on there, you know, to, to let people know. I, I, you saw the safety pin thing, the diaper pins on the lapel, basically, to, uh, to signify that it, you're safe to talk to, you know, because of the trauma inflicted with the Trump uh, election. No, I it's, missed that. But <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Oh, what's wrong with people, Stan? Yeah. I, I was just gonna, I don't know. Danny Glover in Lethal Weapon. I'm getting too old for this. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. He, he, he was priceless in that role. Even the, the new version of that show is, is pretty good, you know. But, uh, Danny Glover, uh, you know, he, hmm. <laughs> getting, he was too old the man this. in that spot. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I don't know, Stan. It's uh, you, you've accomplished. We, we've spoken for an hour. You've you're almost closed this out here. We only have a couple of minutes left. Uh, what do we miss? Uh, let me see here. Let me see. Well, no, I think I've covered that. I, yeah, uh, most of the stuff. The, the rest of it. Uh, do go over to our uh, show image, or to our show image, to our, our main website, to standeo dot com, and and uh, you know. See what Holly's got up for today and tomorrow and the next day. You know, a photo of the day and a comic of the day. Um, you know, she calls it like a, like it is. <laughs> I like. I, I always. I always. The first thing I do is check the comic of the day. That's just. Me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. She she gets uh, some of these are sent in by uh, readers of our site. You know, they say, "Hey, this make a good." And then, sure enough, you know, she'll put it up if it does. And there've been some that she's received that. Take your leave, and certainly standale.com is the place to go in Prophetic Perils and Dare to Prepare and all the good stuff, all the packages that uh, that await uh, perhaps for if you give gifts for Christmas. Well worth yes, it. Yeah, absolutely. Well worth. Yep. Right. yep. God bless you, my friend. Alrighty, sir. Until next week. God bless. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Folks, that was Stan Dale from standale.com. Always a crowd pleaser. And, uh, what a great, uh, what a great guy. I want to mention tomorrow, what a treat we have in store for you tomorrow. Uh, how many people remember Saeed Abedini? Oh, he's the American, uh, Iranian American pastor, Christian pastor, who was imprisoned in Iran. He was detained in Iran in the summer of 2012. You remember him? On January 27, 2013, he was sentenced to eight years in prison, reportedly on charges of undermining national security through private religious gatherings in Christian homes in Iran in the early 2000s. This guy's been really through through hell. And uh, it was just earlier earlier this year when he was released from prison with two other American prisoners. Um, he's going to be our guest tomorrow night. 
Saeed Abedini to talk about his experience in the Iranian prison and uh, talking about about what what happened there. Oh, it's going to be a great program tomorrow, Saeed Abedini in the uh, second hour, and then of course Pastor Langford in the third hour, our usual Wednesday guest. But I, I you know, thank you so much, everyone for listening to this program. I want to thank the people involved in the operations uh, from J.D. to John to Eric the Tech to my daughter Jackie to Joe to everyone. Thank you. A heartfelt thank you. And, uh, of course, every one of you listening and watching this broadcast, thank you so very much. Todd from Global Star, the people at BTR, thank you all. Until tomorrow, God bless. Saddle for battle. <laughs>